Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine wanted to be a Another week of N4G Radio, episode 487 for September 11th, 2017. Man, 487. That's a lot of shows. A lot of mediocrity. What? <laughs> we haven't started talking about Destiny yet, Drew. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh the segue. Sorry, sorry. I kid, I kid. But anyway, on the show this week, we do have Drew calling in from, from the uh, outside the eye of the hurricane. Yes, I am in Hurricane Irma currently. Are you, are you roving reporting? Yeah. Are you testing Drew, wind speed? The truth be told, I am sitting out here in a parking lot right now, and the wind is kind of nuts right now. I imagine is it? it is. No rain, but... That'll, that'll come. It's, uh, it's crazy. Sad, sad, sad news, really. Literally one, like, not even a week since the last one, and get no respite. Yeah, and there's supposedly another one behind it, right? Yeah, Jose is right behind him. Yeah. Like a chunga line of hurricanes. It's crazy. Uh, also with us, we have John. Hey. And we have Jay. Buongiorno. Yeah, uh, as kind of mentioned at the top of the show, the... One of the first big fall games is here, right? Don Game Rompa V3. It's not out yet. <laughs> it's not out yet. Oh, right. It's not, it's not out yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we'll start with Drew because Drew has undertaken the big task of reviewing said gigantic fall release game. Hey, Ken, it's, it, it was always his destiny to review this game. So. Oh, s- come on, man. That's hey, man. I get to make this joke every time this game comes out. I'm going to milk it for all it's worth and then move on with my life. So. You'll, you'll have at least three three jokes in your yeah, life at least. for that one. So, Drew. I, have, I also have a running joke where anytime a Zelda game comes out in the tweet... Whenever I'm promoting it, I always say, Link, he comes to town. He comes to save Princess Zelda. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like, like, that, like that song? Uh-huh. Like the song from System of a Down? No, man, I don't know the System of the Down lyrics. They scream shit. Yeah, I only catch every like third or fourth word that, that uh, Scourge says. Wake up. Why'd you, why'd you leave the ketchup on the table? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying, right? Because that's what I... Uh, that's yeah. what I hear, is it... Yeah. Grandma could use a little makeup. 
<laughs> you know what? It does sound like that. You, his lyrics are literally like you could just you could just pick and choose what you wanted him to say, and if you listen, you, you can probably you can probably get that. I I listened to that song way too much because it used to be one of my alarms. So I had like a shuffle roulette of alarms that would go off in the morning to wake me up, and that used to be one of like three. So I heard that song at least like a hundred and fifty times. So, that would I be still don't know the lyrics. Oh man, they're coming back, right? They're getting ready to put out a new album for the first time in Maybe. like years. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't pay attention to that stuff. I don't know. I'd listen to it. I like their music. Anyway, well, that Zelda song was not done by System of a Down. Everybody thought it was him, but yeah, it's not. yeah, yeah. I know. I remember when that was going around, like, oh, System of a Down did Zelda, man. Yeah, I remember when Napster was was big, and everybody's like, let's download that System of a Down Zelda song, but it's like a minute long. Yep, not a thing. But what is yep. a thing? Destiny Two. Destiny Two, yes, that's a thing. That is a new game by Bungie. Is it? Is, is, is it really new though, Joe? Is it new? I feel like it is. Just it came out. New. Okay. All right. So, who all here has played Destiny? Everybody but Jay, right? Yeah, I only played the beta. Okay. Um, I played a lot of Destiny back in the day. No. And, um. Let's say that Destiny 2 is Destiny 1, but without all the kind of bullshit that was associated with Destiny 1. Well, Destiny 2 is what Destiny 1 should have been. Well, that's that's what everybody usually says, but I didn't want to say it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's essentially it. Um, Destiny 2 takes what Destiny 1 did and improves on it for the most part. There's a few problems I do have with the game. Um, the first one being, I feel like this game's too easy. It is a lot. I don't die nearly as much as I did in the first game. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think contributes to that exactly? The, I mean, I think because they improved the loot system. <laughs> you actually get good loot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the biggest... That's the, I think that's the reason for that, is that because... They, you know, you, you know, you're not getting crappy loot. But you, you know, you pick up a, a purple engram and it turns to a green weapon. You know, getting, you know, color coded uh, weapons yeah. and armor from it, um, and you get a lot of loot. There's, there's not just from the story missions, but taking down big enemies will often drop chests, and that'll have loot on. Pretty much anything of note, and you'll get a, a chest which. Chances are it's going to contain something nice in it. In the in the first Destiny, I felt like I carried the same chest piece, helmet, gun for hours. In Destiny Two, I feel like I'm swapping them every fifteen to twenty minutes. Mm. Yeah, and that's how you do a proper loot game. Yep. Uh, the issue is is that they did not tune the difficulty that way. So I beat the story. And I don't think there was a, any time except for like the first couple of missions where, oh, it says you're, 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 you know, we think you should be at this power level to do this mission. 
I was usually always double what they said. Double? Really? Wow. Yeah. That's really yeah. significant. Because, like, by the time I finished the story, I think that the last mission, record, like, it at least suggested 160 power level, and I was already past 200. Did you, um, did you like, farm for gear in specific Jones, or did you just kind of, like, just I just played the game. Play I just played the game. game. Okay. I mean, like, a- I, would, I would do a story mission, and then um, they say, okay, well, you, you, they do a really good job of unlocking stuff after a story mission. Like, okay, you did this story mission, now you can do patrols. So I'd go and do some patrols, or then I'd go and do some public events, or I'd do a strike, or something like that. <clears throat> and just through doing that, I ended up getting a ton of loot. Which did then you would- uh, do a bunch of the heroic patrol, like, public events? I heard those are really great for... Like purples and exotics and such. Yeah, I've done a few of those. Um, I get I, you pretty much guaranteed to get at least one purple mm-hmm. um, if you do them once you hit level twenty. Um, but that's um, that's pretty much it. Um, but I haven't done anything as far as like trying to grind for stuff. I just ended up just just being overpowered. Can you um, like? tab and then make the missions harder for better rewards or is that something after you beat the first time that's one of the reasons why i think that it's too easy is because i feel like they they don't have anything as far as changing the difficulty of a mission Hmm. the first game you choose normal hard that kind of thing and this one you can't there has to be a way that you can because there's an achievement for it there's an achievement for doing the raid on a harder difficulty. I thought there yes. was one for a strike as well. No. A strike. Well, he, um, I, yeah, there's Nightfall. There's one for doing a prestige Nightfall, I think. Yeah, well, doing the Nightfall. A Nightfall is a specific... You have to choose to do a Nightfall mm. kind of thing. You, like, you can either do strikes or you can do the Nightfall strike. And if you do the Nightfall strike and you complete it, you can't do it again for another week. And uh, how long did it take you to finish the story mode? Well, you know, obviously I didn't mainline the story, but I would say it probably took me around 10 hours to beat the story. Okay, so that's a little bit longer than Destiny 1, it seems like. And did I will you say, say you can't do the strike once you've done it? The Nightfall? Yeah, you, I mean, and I've that's how Destiny 1... You've done the Nightfall twice already? Yeah, completed it twice, yeah. With the same character? And do you get the same type of loot drops, or is it just... It's randomized. I think, well, I, I mean, the first time, it seemed to be, you got better loot. Because the Nightfall, I like the Nightfall, because the changes they've made, it's timed. So you have ten minutes to do it, and then when you kill an enemy, it adds to your counter. Um, both times, I, I did it with the same fire team as well. Uh, first time, we did it with, like, 12 seconds to spare. The second time... Uh, with like 11 seconds to spare, um, but we've done it twice in the last few days. Um, so you can definitely do it again, but the loot did seem better the first time. Um, yeah. I, I reckon it's that's how it will be. What I kind of... I like, the change that I kind of like is that you can't replay a mission unless you go to um, a Cora at a certain point in the game. They'll let you replay missions. They're not like you could before where all the missions are marked on your map and you can go and, as you say, change it difficulty. But there's so much more stuff there in its place. Things like Lost Sectors, things like the Adventures, and all of that stuff, all of the Adventures have 
flavor text to them, which kind of opens up a bit of the law uh, for, for Destiny. They're kind of giving it to you via missions as opposed to the Grimoire cards, which I think is a, a lot better way of doing it. Um, and also there's a lot more, you know, you can mainline the story, but then you go back and visit planets. And on each of the planets, you've got like a contact, somebody that you're liaising with to help clear out the enemies. And you can go back and they open up other story missions. And uh, I can't remember what they call them. They're not adventures because they're the orange icon. They're blue. Um, and they're basically, again, just more in-depth missions that have a story uh, thread through them. Um, yeah. And I guess they're all leading up to like the overarching story of all universe of Destiny 2. And I like that. I also love the fact that the story is so much more focused on the characters. So in the first Destiny, you're a, uh, you know, a revived guardian and you have very little interaction with anybody in the tower. The three leaders of the fact, uh, the different classes, they're just standing there around a table and you're fed the story through these grimoire cards or through the exposition that the ghost is throwing up. It's not fantastic storytelling. And two, the characters that have developed, you know, Akora, um, uh, Zavala, and especially Cade Six. Cade Six is fantastic. They're oh, yeah. well written, very, very funny. Good. And there's a, there is a moment, I'm not going to spoil it, it's in the story towards the end, and they're kind of hatching a plan to get back into the tower. And they're all in this farm, and there's just a scene that's hilarious and it's it made me feel like i was taking part in something that was not just go here let your ghost investigate protect your ghost and go it felt like there was this urgency of the story to get back to the tower to defeat this cabal uh, and the red legion and that made it far more enjoyable than the first one Still, however, the one complaint I have is that this conceit of the story is that you are a guardian that's able, because at the beginning, uh, if anyone played the beta, uh, the guardians lose their power. The, the traveler is captured. The light is taken away from all the guardians. You are the sole guardian that's managed to find a way of getting the light back. And that's, you know, that's how they sort of explain the way that you've got no powers at the beginning and then you can regain them uh, during the course of the story um, I played a lot of the story missions with two other people and it really annoys me that they didn't bother to address it whether you are on your own or whether you are three other people or two other people because it's it, they always like you are the sole guardian you are the one that's you know got the light again you 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 and there's three of us and that just seems really weird that they didn't take into account that you may be doing it on your own you may be doing it with one or two other people and change the text to, to kind of fit in around that because it was really weird that they'd address you but there's three of you it's weird but yeah that was that's just one small little bug that I had with the with the story side of things other than that I thought it was brilliant really well written yeah that's, that's the one thing like me and Dave were playing and we were watching one of the cutscenes and this is probably like the second mission in and Dave's like, I remember he said, this is way more story than we've already seen more story than we did in destiny one. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. And th- 
and fair play to him for, for taking a lot of the criticisms the first one had on board and, and doing something about it. What's really cool is um, instead of Grimoire cards, you can actually look at some of the lore inside the game. So whenever you get a legendary or an exotic, there's typically a story that you could read or look up on on how this exotic came to be kind of thing. And it's um, it's actually really cool when you can do it through the menu. So instead of going to a website or something like that, and some of the stories are actually kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, it's to me, I think it's just a overall improvement. There's no more going back to orbit to to go anywhere kind of thing. <laughs> they give you a fucking map, which the it, first game never had, and fast travel as well, which is really handy. Yeah. And so it's, and they show you where the events, like the public events, are going to be happening, what time they're starting, everything. It's so much. It, it, like, it, we used to have to use an app to figure out. Uh, when I remember that thing. Event. Yeah, we we had to use an app on our phone to figure out when the public event was going to happen and where. It was just so fucking annoying. And I had to give it to Bungie. They listened to their fans who who played the first Destiny, and they pretty much fixed everything that we had a problem with. Um, now, I haven't explored it too much, but I was curious about like how many exotics are in the game because they're, they're getting... They changed it up here, so toward the end game of Destiny 1, you could run into a good amount of exotics. Uh, in this one, I've got three so far. And I've put a good amount of time into it. Um... And I have a feeling they're going to be a little bit more stingy with the the exotic weapons and armor. And uh, so I, I decided to dive into just exactly how many exotics there are in this game. Um, it doesn't look like there's that many. And then on top of that, there's tons of exotics that are there that were in the first game. Hmm. And that right there kind of rubs me the wrong way. Right. Cause I was just like, come on guys, just, you know, yeah, sure. You can have one or two, but when you've got wait, I can name like four exotics off the top of my head that were in the first game that are in this one as well. And you've already got a limited number of exotics in this game. Don't be lazy and just throw the same stuff in there. You know, uh, I don't, I don't mind that the same stuff is in there because a lot of people got, you know, attached to those items, right? And they have builds surrounding their like special effects and whatever, so that's fine. But I think they should add plenty, maybe double or more. Because, like, remember how many legendaries they added for, like, Reaper of Souls when they added that expansion? They, like, yeah. basically triple, quadruple that the amount of legendaries and then items that they had up there. So it's really not that hard to ask for. You know, it's just models, stats. And in a, ba- in a game about loot, you want to make the loot exciting. You don't want the same things to drop. You don't want the the people to get items and opening grams of exotics and then find out that it's the same exotic that they had last game that they didn't like, right? So yeah. that's something. But uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room um, because that's the kind of the controversy of the day, right? The the microtransactions right. in Destiny Two. Uh, I want to basically kind of go over what they are, how they work. So that you know, people have a basic idea of, you know, what they're about. So I watched uh, some videos. I watch. I read some articles and such because I don't have the game right now. So my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, in any of this, 
you you get bright engrams after you get to level twenty, and every time you level up, they give you a bright engram, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. these bright engrams are the things that you can buy with the real money, and they contained uh, mostly cosmetic items, shaders that are one-time use, uh, sparrows and sparrow. Well, I guess sparrow skins. And John, you said that this is the only way to get sparrows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So uh, you, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you, they're not part of a story. Okay. Uh, you also get ghost skins, which also give you modifiers to skills and uh, give you these attributes, like like increase, like uh, like was it like experience in certain parts or something like it. Has, it has like two modifiers for each of them, and they're random, I think, depending on yeah. the ghosts that you get. Uh, but you also get armor mods, and uh, you can slot those into your armor to get benefits. And um, so what's the what's the last thing? Or is that is that all of it? You also get like pieces of armor but they're not very strong is that what you said drew yes i did get a legendary chest piece Mm -hmm. uh, that had 10 defense which if you have played this game at all 10 defense is basically like something you get from like one of your first drops playing the game i'm curious about that you opened that bright engram when you were level 20 right yes why did it give you an armor piece that's completely useless then can you use it in some other way you can. So if you like the way it looks mm-hmm. on your character, you can take a chess piece that has a higher power level, infuse it into that legendary chess piece, and it now has the defense of the previous chess piece. Okay. So that's, that's what I did, because I did like the look of it. It had a really cool emblem on it and stuff like that. So I took the chess piece that I was wearing, which was like 200 defense, somewhere around in there. Right. I then put on the legendary one and then took the 200 defense chess piece and infused it into the legendary one and now it has 200. Uh, okay, so it kind of is the same thing they have in Diablo where you can make an armor piece look like that thing, right? Just by kind yeah. of... Uh, yeah, I forget what it was called, but it, it, it is... Uh, Transmog, thank you. Um, so the big question is, how do you guys feel about this thing? Because, yeah, it's mostly cosmetics, but there are those armor mods and those ghosts that do give you benefits uh, so, to, to your gameplay. Here's what I think. People are making a, a lot out of nothing. Um, the things that you get, the mods, the armor mods, they are... You can get those from the gunsmith through paying with Glimmer, uh, which is the, the in-game currency. You get so much gl- Glimmer. I, I mean, I have earned probably... 400,000 pieces of glimmer you can only store like just short of 100,000 before you have before it limits out and you have to uh, buy something I have bought no end of these mods with glimmer I have bought maybe 70 or 80 of them so yeah you can also get them them in the field too yeah yeah I have I have mods already and I haven't even hit level 20 so yeah they, they they'd also drop and stuff like that as well or you can get it out of chests. And the same thing with the shaders. The shaders are one-time use now, which was a big thing. Um, but you get so many shaders. All it's made me do is just... Uh, I'm going to wait until I've got the equipment that I want towards endgame, and then I'll look at customising the colour. Because you change your outfit so many times, as, as Ken was saying, it's... You get something, and literally two drops later, you've got something better, so you're changing it. So it doesn't... Personalization at early game 
isn't a thing. It's only going to be later on when you've got the the higher level gear that you may want to keep hold of. And you, you get so many options for these shaders. It really isn't a problem. Um, I, yeah, fair enough. People are getting upset over it because these mods can change the game when it comes to multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Multiplayer, but it's it's very small uh, changes, and you can buy them with in-game currency that you get a huge amount of. You're never going to run out of these things. So, so um, you have so every I, single mod in the entire game available for you to buy with Glimmer. It's randomized, so it's not like you get to pick which mod you want. You buy a a a mod that's randomized. I assume mm-hmm. that all of those mods are the same as you would if you bought them in a in a, a bright engram. People are going to buy the bright engrams for the shaders and uh, potentially things like ghost or sparrow skins. Or if you have been very unfortunate and not picked up a sparrow from any of the ones that you get leveling up, but you level up at a relatively quick pace um i've probably got maybe seven or eight bright engrams since i reached level 20 and so i don't think it's that much of an issue um it could have been handled better by activision and bungie and they could have been more vocal about all of this stuff you can get in game it's not all about you know the, the only being able to get these via via microtransactions, but I I will buy anything from that. I've already bought the game. Um, I've already bought the season pass. They've got my money. They're not getting any more. But I don't think it's inhibiting my game, and it's certainly not inhibiting online because I'm shit online with them and I'm shit online without them. So it doesn't but really make much. You just said it yourself, me. right? You bought the season pass. Yes. You bought the full game, which cost $60. You bought a season yep. pass, which includes expansions. How much mm-hmm. was the season pass? Uh, £30. So it would have been... About well, 40, well, 40 bucks, basically. 40 bucks. 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, so you bought you bought a game for basically $100, and there is microtransactions in it, which yep. do have benefits to people that buy them and give them... No, they don't. That's You just, you just, you just said it. No. It gives them a small advantage, you said, right? Only if... Only if you haven't bought any from the gunsmith. It's the same stuff you're buying. It doesn't. Every, with yeah, everything that you can get from buying with real money, you can earn in game. And the in game currency is very generous. Yeah. I, I really don't see why people are getting so. I, I mean, unless I'm missing something, unless there are special mods, but there's nothing that indicates that there How is. How about the ghosts? Because that seems to be a contention too. Yeah, you get the ghosts through. I mean,. Ghost of Ghost, I mean, all it does is it can count your kills, it can um, give you, uh, like, uh, sort of radars that will show you where chests are, it'll, um, it'll maybe speed up your, your cooldown on one of your... That's huge, got, like, by the way. Reducing yeah, a cooldown on a skill is yeah. huge. And right? But, but let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just clarify, yeah. this is just in the game, right? This isn't in the Crucible. Or does that does it carry over into that? No, everything carries over. Your okay. stats carry over. Yeah, PvP or whatever crucible. But I've, I, again, I've not bought anything, and I've got about twelve. I I I I, skins. I don't see the problem. I I think I I agree with John here. People are making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, it sucks. It's a bad business practice. Nobody's arguing that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, is it really worth discussing that much? Because you can get the stuff in the game. 
It's it's a shortcut. It's no different than any other game. That the, here here's my thing, is that I could sit down and spend fifty bucks on Bright Ingrams, and then also play against somebody who's played the game for twenty hours and not spent anything, and I don't think I'm going to have an advantage over that person. Yeah, it's it's minimal. I, it's minimal benefits, and yes. Nobody's arguing that it's a shitty practice. It's video games. 90% of video games are full of shitty practices. You were just talking about, like, you know, other games have this kind of stuff. But I think, yeah, I agree with you guys that it's not as big of a deal as a lot of people are making it out to be. Because, as you said, you can buy most of the stuff and even the advantages you get from, like, the ghosts and whatever. Uh, although, the, not getting a spare until you're level 20 sounds really dumb. That you... was my biggest peeve. And I think it was, like, my second or third Ingram after that. I, uh, Bright Ingram, I did yeah. one. Um, uh, because the, the maps are huge in in this game. And traipsing through some without a spare would be infuriating. But well, they, that's they're... still... They're pretty good at giving you fast travel areas, though. They do, but like I had a mission um, that was on IO. It was one of the, again, not the story mission. It was like one of the things that happens after the story uh, concludes. And it practically trends from one side of the map to the other. But while you're in that mission, you can't fast travel. So that was the frustrating part. You had to run. The story's about the journey, John. It is indeed. A big, long journey. <laughs> and then the journey's even better when you have a cool sparrow to ride on during it. Uh, but besides the point, it's just... Yeah, it's not as big of a deal as a lot of people are saying. It's like, oh, there people are basically boycotting the game, saying that it's got these... Uh, <laughs> You know, you know, microtransactions that give them a significant advantage. No, but like, I don't think it's... I don't think it's right. To, there are some people that will boycott microtransactions in general in full-price games. And to that, I say, like, yeah, if that's your prerogative, that's that's fine. I get it. It's a, it's a dirty practice, and you don't want to support it, and you're you're kind of voting what you're wanting. That's good. You have you have the you know you have the right to do that, and I think it is good to do that if you if that's how you feel. Don't just kind of begrudgingly pay them all the money that they want, and then kind of perpetuate the cycle of a, of a practice that you really hate. So when they yeah. keep putting in these kind of slimy practice, because Destiny did, Destiny One didn't have this, right? And that's the predecessor yes. to this game. So we have it, to look it, at it from one to the next. Yeah, Destiny it, it did, did add have, some slimy shit at the them. end. Yeah. yeah, Destiny One did. I didn't. Ha- I didn't see anything. When it I happened. Was game. It happened late in the cycle of that game, but they started selling like emotes and. Things like that, and oh, emotes, emotes. I don't care about personally, but you know, because that's entirely one hundred percent cosmetic. Although I, I, I think they ought to be, you know, you should be able to earn that more. I agree whatever. with no. what you're saying, Jay, in the fact that yes, you should vote with your wallet. Microtransactions are a scourge, especially on full price games. Um, but there are games out. Destiny. The whole thing about Destiny is that it's been blown out of proportion. It isn't as bad as you're led to believe. Um, games like Shadow of War, that's really nice oh, yeah. use of microtransactions. That game, I am no longer going to buy because okay. of that. And that's me voting on my wallet. I can't turn around and say Destiny is, you know, completely clean of this because they do have those things in there. But it has no way hampered my game. I don't feel like I'm held back even when playing multiplayer. And I, I mean, 
Drew and Ken know, I mean, Destiny was my game of the year, 2014. I played so much of that game. I'm not going to boycott it based upon what someone else says. I bought it, and it turns out there's nothing to the, the microtransaction thing, in my opinion. Let's, let's um, be fair, it, most of the people boycotting it aren't boycotting it. No. They yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the thing that bugs me. They're like, oh, I'm not going to buy it. And then I see them, you know, like online playing Destiny 2. And it's like, ah. I mean, stick with your guns, man. If you're going to say shit, then at least do what you're going to say. Ah. It's just a tarnish on what would otherwise be a really good launch for that game. There was no, I, well, personally, I had no launch issues. Server side, I started at midnight when the game unlocked on the PlayStation, went straight in, straight playing. I've not yet once encountered any issues other than PSN going down a few days ago. That obviously affected PSN, not just Destiny. Um, this is just a little tarnish on something that would otherwise be great because I, this is really good game, uh, real yeah. enhancement over the first game. They've taken all of the stuff they've learned and they've implemented it. Everything is so much fun. The 10-minute nightfall mode, that really gives you a sense of urgency replaying those missions um a lot of good fun the strikes are a huge amount of fun and some of the story stuff is i like mini strikes um real intense combat in in the story mode really enjoyable yeah Yeah, that's that's the thing right because we want to talk about the game we don't want to talk about the outside practice surrounding the game we don't want to talk about these microtransactions so if they just put out a game that this whole season pass thing, whatever, is fine, have the expansions, and then be done with it, that's the only thing we'd be talking about. But because they decided to add this stuff, it changes the focus on does, their practices yeah. instead of the actual quality of the game. And the game can still be improved in a lot of ways. I still don't didn't like how they handled the heavy ammo, making sniper rifles and shotguns and you know, heavy weapons instead of like sub-weapons and such. <laughs> that changed yeah, that's, online immensely. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to mentioned was I yes, really please. I hate I hate the fact that they moved sniper rifles and shotguns to the power weapon. Do you and still feel that way after playing um what like ten, fifteen hours? I'm I'm more like twenty hours in now. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I still don't like the fact that because most of the enemies in this game tend to rush you mm-hmm. and and because I want to save my power ammo for bosses or big encounters, I'm not going to pull out my shotgun. So I end up backing up from the enemies and machine gunning them in the face. And it's just, it just feels kind of clunky. Um, you know, and, and why would you waste your power slot on something other than a rocket launcher or something that does high damage rather than a sniper rifle? So right. like if I get a if I get a sniper rifle, you know, a sniper rifle only comes into play in certain situations when a rocket launcher or a shotgun you're going to use a lot more. Um and also interesting enough, I have yet to run into a rocket launcher. I have not had a rocket launcher the entire game. Wow, wow. really? After 20 yeah. hours? After 20 hours I have I've got plenty of grenade launchers which I find absolutely oh. fucking useless. They are really? grenade launchers, yeah. I heard they were really good. That's no, no they're really bad. No, I, I have an exotic grenade launcher, and it's crap. Hmm. I, I I like my sword. That's sword a heavy sword. weapon, too? Yeah. And it yeah, uses yeah. ammo. That's the only thing I hate. <laughs> it's a fucking sword that uses ammo. Give me a fucking break. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the swords are actually really well done. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird. I don't, I'm hoping that I will see the reason why they did this. But for the life of me, I don't see it right now. Uh, maybe, uh, didn't maybe we establish that it was because of PA- PvP? They didn't want people to go around like shotgunning, one-shotting dudes in the face. That was yeah. fun for PvP, so they moved it into heavy, so that wouldn't happen as much. That was that, Which is that was one of my biggest complaints about First Destiny was the 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 fact that PvP played such a large role that it bled over into the the actual game. Yeah, which is why I, I you know, me and my uh, a friend of mine who you know I work with, we were talking about the game. He's a big Destiny player. Um, was that what they should have done with Destiny Two was make the PvP completely separate from the PVE? And I, and I even brought up the fact that I was like, you know what they could have done? They could have easily turned that into like a Overwatch kind of game with the PvP, and have like, okay, you have. Uh, this titan who has this type this this gun and this ability and you have this hunter and you guys like play roles and shit like that that would have been really cool and it would have got more people to play the pvp i do not plan on touching any pvp in this game because it's just uh, for one thing i suck at it and the second one i find it uninteresting yeah, does anyone like the PvP in Destiny at all here? Because I, I sure not, not here, play. but it's huge online. Yeah, I, I know it's I know it's big uh, elsewhere, but boy, that is not appealing to me at all. I literally it's talked not- to the Crucible guy because I had to, and that's the most I'll ever deal with the Crucible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played I played four matches of Crucible to get to to finish the milestone for it, and I was like, "Oh, that's the last time I'll play that." No, it won't be because there's lots of milestones. To- to it. And of course they'll have Iron Banner coming up and I'm like, I don't even want to do that. I found it enjoyable-ish. I mean, it's with the 4v4 and it does change the dynamic of the of the game slightly, but it was alright. I mean, it's it's not where I go for Destiny, but it is a nice distraction sometimes, especially if you're, you're playing with some friends who are good and you enjoy their you know, gameplay together. It's it can be how, quite. How cool are the rewards in the PvP, by the way? Like, do you get um, like, really good stuff? No, I haven't had a huge amount of rewards from them. To be fair, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I've had like um, exotic and some tokens. That's the other thing. Faction tokens. Oh my god! I mean, they're better implemented than the first game, but there's still t- way too many of them. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I haven't had like I haven't got excited about any gear that I've won. It's it's I've I've got more excited about the stuff I've found in in game in the in the base game. They've removed so many crafting materials; it's not even funny. And I'm totally for that because man, there was so many crafting materials in in the first game, and it seemed like you constantly got more and more, and they added more every expansion. And I'm hoping to God they don't do it here, so. You know, because I saw that, oh, you can, you know, while I was running around the EDZ, there's, you know, it looks like, you know, spin metal, but it's not. And I picked it up, and I was like, what do I do with this? It's not a crafting material. Oh, you just turn it into the guy at the EDZ, and you get more reputation for him. And that then, in turn, gives you another engram. Yeah. So, it's, they, they, the progression in this game has been streamlined in a really good way, and I'm glad for that. Um, the other thing I do want to mention is the clan feature. So they had clans in the first game 
which basically meant, oh, here's your friends, and you have a little, you know, you have ZTGD at the bottom of the screen, and that's about it. And this one, you all contribute to the clan's XP, so the clan can level up, and each week, depending on how many people contribute, you can level up your clan and get bonuses for uh, leveling up your clan, and all the clan members will get it. Now, on top of that, what they plan on releasing this week, this upcoming week, is basically a looking for groups kind of thing. So, the Nightfall. <clears throat> you have to team up with people to do the Nightfall. Um, but if you have, they're going to allow clans to basically guide people through the Nightfall and the raid, and it will also give you clan, uh, big clan incentives for doing so. So they're trying to really push the community and the clan feature by getting people to try it out. So, you know, if me and Ken decided to do the Nightfall, we could sign up on the menu to basically do looking for group for ZTGD. And they would then pull somebody who's looking for groups who's not part of a clan and then kind of make them an honorary clan member to try it out kind of thing. So it's trying to get people together, kind of thing, and it, it does okay. a decent job. I'm 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 excited to see where it goes from there. Obviously, the 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 raid releases Wednesday. Um, nobody, there's not much detail on it. We don't know what like the suggested power level is or anything like that. People are speculating 260. So um, I still got some grinding to do. But I what I plan to do is is at least attempt the raid, if not complete it. And when I do, I will be ready to write my review. <laughs> okay. Oof, that's a lot of Destiny 2, man. I was going to say, uh, we, should, we should probably move on to another game, but yeah, that's... that's it's a big, a big game. game. It is a big yeah, game. Yeah. It is. It's the it's first a... really big fall release dropping. So I'm sure we'll be talking about it over the course of the next couple months. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I consider myself... I'm reviewing an MMO, essentially. So... It's it's crazy, but I I highly suggest giving it a shot because I, I think it's it's well improved. Yeah, I I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, and so far I'm I'm about ten hours in. I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm gonna rent it probably on PS4, but that's kind of bums me out because I played the uh, the PC beta with some people that I was you know they were interested in maybe getting into it, and they didn't like the game at all. They say they say it, it felt sluggish and slow. I guess compared to the other games that they were playing uh, on PC, uh, maybe the game just just doesn't translate to mouse and keyboard as well as I'd hope, and it doesn't it doesn't feel as good because the game certainly is a console first game in my opinion, right? Obviously, it's out on first uh, out first on consoles, and also Destiny One being a console exclusive kind of puts the precedence for that. So that being on PC, I wanted to play it. If I wanted to play Destiny 2 for real, I wanted to play it on PC with some people. But basically, everyone else bailed out after the beta. They're like, "Yeah, I'm not. We're not feeling this. I'm not feeling this at all." And then I guess I'll just rent it on PS4 and then just play it a little bit and then be done with it. Also, it it's, uh, it's worth noting that it was at capacity on Saturday. 1.2 million concurrent players, and yeah, that's a lot of players. People, wow. were, people were getting error messages saying Destiny is full. <laughs> wow. Cool. wow, but yeah, um, I, I will have to say as far as what you were talking about, Jay, with the PC version and 
how it controls stuff like that. I did have to bump up the sensitivity. I did too. Uh, yeah, I bumped it up to about six because it was defaulted at three, and at six it it seemed better. So, mm. all right. So, did you play anything else, Drew? Uh, no. Well, we <laughs> let's let's back up for a second because we weren't here last week. Do you want to talk about golf? We can. I talked about it a little bit on Phoenix Down. If yeah. anybody wants. But um, I've, yeah, I've played, everybody's golf. I've played quite a bit of that myself. Yeah, that is a that, fantastic golf game. Yeah, some would say possibly one of the best. Yep. I, uh, the only the only thing my biggest gripe with that game, and I talked to Drew about this, and man, they really need to give you more course diversity early on in that game. Like that that opening course feels very bland after the fifth or sixth time playing through it. Do you guys know the total course count? I do not. I am still I, on the first five. tier. So, five, five courses. Yeah, for a whole golf game, really? That's it. But there's well, there's also if you get it digitally or pre-bought it new, I think they give you a code for a course that was in one of the older games. So it would be six in total at that point. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, except except Best Buy fucked mine up and just gave me three digital copies instead of any of the DLC. <laughs> what? I'm not yeah, even kidding. I gave him a free fucking version of the game. Yeah, I bought the physical version from Best Buy because I, you know, Gamer Club unlocked. Uh, they shipped me the game, and then they sent me a code, which they said was for the DLC. It ended up being for the full game, so I redeemed that and then you know traded in the copy I bought. And then a couple of days later, they sent me two more codes. I'm like, yeah, my DLC. I tried to redeem it. It was a, two more codes for the full game. Ken, if you oh, have wow. an extra one, I'll take. I, it. I've already given them away. Sorry. I mentioned it in the email and you didn't say anything. I didn't hear about this. Yeah, maybe, I, I, maybe I missed a... Uh, yeah, I mentioned it in the email that I had two extra codes. I, I gave the last one away yesterday to Dave. That's yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, that, I ended up with three digital copies of the game. Well, that's that's best by free. They do a lot of screw-ups of that like, but good. I mean, you got three copies of a game for free. Yeah, I'm not usually yeah. one to be on the receiving end of an awesome deal like that, but you know what? Mm-hmm. It made people happy. I was able to give them free copies of an awesome game. Yeah, it's a great golf game. I, You know, it, the progression in that game, I say Destiny has good progression. Holy shit. Everybody's golf has some great progression with just, okay, and, and like they completely take it as you don't know jack shit about golf. So here, let me just show you exactly what, what, what the fuck's a birdie. Here's what a birdie is. And, you know, like, how do you swing? And what do you do with, you know, like there's tons of stuff in there and anybody can pick this game up and have fun with it. Um, it's just so well done. There's even a guy who hangs out in the lobby that you can talk to him every few levels and he will quiz you on general golf shit. So that way you learn about the game of golf. Um, there's tons to unlock as far as like character, uh, attire, different types of clubs, different types of balls, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, now, lack of diversity in the in the courses, of course. They basically want you to master a course. That's that's the whole point of the game. Um, and after you know, uh, by the time I hit like level ten. Yeah, I was already a master of that first course. Now, they go by nine whole courses. So after you beat the first 
three challengers. So after you level up a certain amount of times, you you then challenge by a person. You take them on one on one, and after you beat them, they unlock the next course. Uh, now, so you, the first course I can't remember what the name of it is, but they give you the first nine holes of the course. After you beat those bosses, then you take on you know the back nine of the of the of the course. So. I, I guess you could technically say that there's ten courses. No, um, courses eighteen no, holes. Eighteen hole, yeah. Well, <laughs> you can say that, but I, the way this game acts, it's it's only nine hole courses. But, um, but yeah, there's tons to unlock. The multiplayer is really interesting. So you can run around this game. It's kind of like an open world where you can just walk, run around the golf course. Um, you can. Uh, Choose to hey, I, like you're standing next to you know hole number five. Yeah, let's fuck it. Let's do this one, and you can just do that one, and then it will rank you how well you did on that hole. Or you can then there's people that's populating the world that you're in. You can then challenge those people to a game of golf, or you can just do like a world leaderboard and just take on people that way. And of course, you can invite your friends. You know, like oh, you know, Ken's online. I can invite him to my game and play. Uh, but then there's also this uh, mode called Turf War, where it's fucking chaos, where you have people on teams running around all this golf course trying to win the holes. So, like, if I win hole one and the other team wins hole two, I then have to rush to hole two and try and take it over before they run over to hole one. It's nuts. Um. And honestly, I kind of I kind of found it a little chaotic. I'm like, look, I just want to relax and play fucking golf. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't yes. want to run around and try and like take over the golf course with my team, kind of thing. Uh, but it is there, and it's interesting, and it's 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 okay. Uh, but yeah, there's tons of customization with your golfer. Um, Man, I just had a thought like real golf would be a lot more interesting if it was really like that, <laughs> where they had yeah. teams they had to get into golf carts, like start trying to run each other over. Well, see, I, that's that's the other thing is that you have you can run around in golf carts and have like golf cart races in this game. You can also fish. It's weird. It's, it's every Japanese every Japanese game you can fish. I mean, that's yeah. Just... yeah, yeah. I can't I can't name one game you can't fish in that I played recently. It just there's fishing in there. If it's a 3D game, you can fish in it. You can you also can't fish in... you can't fish in what? Destiny Two. Well, that's true, but it's not Japanese. So. That's true. Mm-hmm. You can you can buy Shuhei Yoshida's outfit. Yes, he's standing in the the lobby, and I I spent a half hour running at him full speed and knocking him over. Wow, talk about some anger! Against oh no, if if you would Yoshida. if you would see how the characters run in this game, you would have done it for a half hour too. It is some it is some Benny Hill level shit. The way they run these guys, they, it's like they got a rocket in their ass. <laughs> like every time I finish a hole, and you like you see the menu, and it shows like you know where you the lead like the leaderboard and stuff like that. It, you see in the background my character just fucking hauling ass to the next fucking <laughs> hole. I'm like Jesus Christ! <laughs> so it's it's nuts. It's really cartoony. I, I I the the graphics. I wasn't that big of a fan of the graphics. I was like, man, they could have made this game look really good. But yeah. I was like, eh, it's certain areas. Like, like, at least make the environments look great, but it's okay. But I was thinking, dude, this is PS4. You can easily make 
a great looking golf game and still have cartoony shit in there. Yeah, but, I will. I will give Sony credit. This and Knack Two have the best PS4 Pro options. Um, if you have a 4K TV, they have uh, all. They have all of the what? options for. Uh, they have switches for HDR, uh, and both games have three modes. They have, you know, high resolution mode 4K uh, with variable frame rate. They have a locked 1080p mode that uh, locks them to. I think it's 60. For knack and sixty for hot shots. Sorry, everybody's go. And then okay. they have the standard mode for regular PS PS fours. That's so, good. Yeah, it's it's really nice to be able to have all those options just right there in the menu. Yeah, it's something that I think every so like every game that comes on Sony should have. But if you're gonna be a first party game that's gonna be put out right, especially published by Sony, then it has to have those options. You have to yeah. lead, you know, by example. Yeah, yeah. And, and give Sony credit. They just put out three $40 games that are all pretty solid, and they're all yeah. first party. This is yep. thirty nine ninety nine for a fantastic golf game. I'm telling everybody here, get it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worth every penny of $40. It's so good. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, PS Plus, it's fine. I'll just wait. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we, got, we got the two cheap asses over there on the other side. I, I, just, I just really don't I like golf. It. You did, but you're one of the worst defenders, John. P.S. Plus, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't like golf that much. I'm sorry. I don't either, but this 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 is everybody's golf. Okay. See, yeah. they their definition of everybody I don't think includes me. Oh, it but does? We'll see. We'll you're, see. You're included. We'll see. You're included. We'll see. All right. Any anything else, Drew? Before we move on, uh, no, nah, nothing of significance. Uh, you know, I did do everybody's go. I did Absolver, which I talked about that two weeks ago. Yeah, we talked about that game a little bit. Yeah, that game's not for me at all. Yeah, I played a little bit of it. I, I don't know. I'm, I wasn't feeling it. So. Yeah. Well, just tell me the first time you got surrounded by three guys. How'd that feel? It felt clunky. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it didn't felt, feel... It felt like I couldn't attack anybody without getting hit in the in the back. Yeah, and sometimes when I would try to aim at the person behind me, I, I felt like it wasn't intuitive. Like, the combat... Like, and, you know, people hate it because you, you reference it so much, but it just didn't feel like, like Batman, like where you could just kind of yeah. tilt your analog stick towards the enemy and hit them. It felt like you had to do three different things in order to aim at the other person. So... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'll, with as much shit as out in 2017, and especially this time of year, I don't know that I'll go back to that game at all. Yeah. All that's, right. not, that's unfortunate, because I, I said it in the review, I'll say it here. Absolver, I like everything about that game except actually playing it. Yeah. That's it for me. All right, so we'll move on to John. Anything besides Destiny? Uh, play everybody's golf, as you lot did. Yep. Completely agree. Awesome. Um, also, I, I wasn't able to talk about it last time I was on, but uh, Mario Rabbids. Oh, yeah, back. yeah, yeah. You didn't get to talk about it. Tell us. No. Game's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, read my review. It is on the site. Um, I that I gave that a glowing review. That, ah, is, you just... There's only only a few instances where you would not think this wasn't made where you would think this wasn't made by Nintendo um, I felt that the I mean it looked 
like a Nintendo game, felt like a Nintendo game, had all of the Mario trappings. Admittedly, they'd all been skewed uh, towards, obviously, rabbits, because that's uh, the big thing here. Um, it's not as easy as you would think it is. It starts off relatively easy. They do a fantastic job of kind of breaking you in, introducing mechanics uh, as you work your way through World 1 and uh, introducing enemies that can have the same abilities that you kind of get given um, so you can see how they work for the opposing team and, and you can take those ideas yourself and see how you can implement them. When you start getting further in into World 2, it starts getting very difficult. Uh, it's looks like a normal Mario game, I guess. You could play it and there is an easy mode. Uh, at the beginning of each battle, you can press Y and it will instigate this easy mode, which makes uh, the enemies a little less tougher. You've got more health and it regenerates. Um, and it doesn't penalise you for doing it either. So if you have a, a specifically hard uh, boss battle or an encounter um, and you decide to do that, you still get the same amount of coins at the end of it as you would had you done it the normal way. So I think that's really good as well because it does get brutally hard and it takes some some luck. It takes um, skill and a lot of leveling up in some cases. But it's it's so ch- it's funny. It's actually funny. It's not like oh oh look at those rabbits, aren't they crazy? It genuinely made me laugh at points. The 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 main rabbit characters, uh, uh, Peach, Mario. Um, uh, Yoshi and Luigi are especially Peach are hilarious and just some of the things they do in the cutscene some of the uh, interactions you have with other rabbits it's it's really fun and uh, well, uh, how lengthy is uh, this game um, it does depend. Uh, I mean, if you're looking to breeze through it, there is no breezing. Um, you've got five worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably, I would say, like maybe if you were to get through just those, um, probably about 15 hours, maybe. Okay, so it's not it's not like a super it's long not, JRPG kind of deal. Okay. No, no. I mean, you've got a skill tree. It isn't a, it's not an RPG. Um, this, the skill tree is is more XCOM, it is more tactical style of, of game um, those skills are there uh, not to make you more powerful but to give you a, an extra edge on, on the battlefield um, but then you can go back and replay uh, areas and, and mm-hmm. battles and find more stuff, there are hidden areas that you can't get to that have other battles like secret battles there's challenges, so if we complete a world, it opens up challenges you can go, and they are, those ones are kind of, um, com- defeat all, um, enemies in, like, four turns, or with, like, uh, like some sort of mod on there, to, to make it more difficult. Um, you've got a lot of collectibles that, again, can only be unlocked when you certain learn certain abilities and it keeps giving you these abilities the idea is is that they give you a new ability so that you can enter into each new world because that new ability will allow you to get past an obstacle that's stopping you 
Um, but you can also then go back on the previous world and use those abilities to unlock other areas. Um, mm. a, com- a completionist would would have a field day with this. It's, it, there's got to be a good twenty five hours worth of content. Okay. Um, it's it's is it's impressive. It really really is. Um, the fact that Nintendo let them do this was one thing that I found extraordinary. I mean, giving Mario to someone else. I mean, I Ubisoft must have had a hell of a pitch to let get Nintendo to do that. But they have come good on it. They really, yeah. really have. That's and one of those board meetings I would like to have been like a fly on the wall, just like <laughs> listening in. Like, how did they sell this game to like... I can't me- imagine. Yeah, this is nuts. It is, it is, it's like no... It's really weird. It's like no other Mario game you've ever played. But at the same time, it's like every other Mario game you've ever played. It's really it's such a great balance between something new but something familiar. And anybody who has a Switch, they owe themselves to buy this game. It yeah. really is that good. This One is the, the second game that I'm, I'm going to buy when I pick up the Switch. So this yeah. it comes highly recommended by basically everyone that's played it. It seems right up my alley because I like uh, the XCOM kind of games. And when the one thing that I heard that really sold this game, like tip of the line sold me this game, is that the RNG aspect is flatlined. Meaning is, if, yes. if, if they're out in the open, you have a 100% chance yes. to hit them. If they have half cover, you have 50%. And if they're a full cover, what is it? Is it like you can't hit them or something? Zero percent. So yeah. that's so nice, dude. Do you know how many shots I missed under the open <laughs> target in XCOM and then died because of it? It's like bullshit no RNG and shit like that. Like, yeah, do away with it. Yeah, eighty-nine percent to hit an alien directly in front of me. Yeah. And guess what? I missed. It's it's the worst. It's the worst. It's, it, I mean, the comparisons to XCOM are absolutely justified. There is that style of game, um, but they have done things that are different there's no permadeath obviously and it's a mario game uh, and things like that where yes it's either zero percent if you're in cover 50 percent if you're half cover and 100 open there is no deviation from that so some people might find that annoying but i'm not one of those people i found that quite good because again i've been in that sort of situation where you played xcom and 99% your your gun is at an alien's temple and he misses. And that can check, that can cost you, you know, because characters are permadeath in XCOM, that can cost you a lot of uh, mm-hmm. soldiers that you're probably invested in. This does none of that. Um, and I, I think it's a good thing. It keeps the gameplay relaxed. And if, and again, because there's no permadeath, if you fail it, you just restart it. It's an option that you go back in restart it you try again it's a real relaxed way of presenting that kind of game because those games normally can get very very stressful and this is not what mario rabbits is about it's about i think it's about bringing that kind of gameplay to people who wouldn't normally ever play that kind of game i mean XCOM is a beast it is really unwieldy and very hard to get into. Mario is the complete opposite. It's so simple how they've done the tutorials, how they, it, it coaxes you and, and guides you through and gives you the tools that you will then, and the knowledge that you will then use further on down the line. It's seamlessly done. 
really just a joy, an absolute joy that game. Great, great. I'm looking I, forward to playing it later this year. I do have oh, a question about it. Well, two questions. Number one, is Rayman in it at all? No. Okay. And two, how's the music in it? Because... Oh, it's Grant Kirkhope, so it's amazing. Okay. It's, is it like remix Mario music kind of thing? Yeah, there's there's hints. There's a lot of original music, but there are hints of Mario. And again, it's all about that taking something that you are familiar with, but changing it. And that's the same with the music. You will catch it every so often. You'll just hear a, a tune and it will be, oh, okay. And it, it pulls from it. It's like not remixed, but they're kind of themes that have been incorporated into the music. Um, but a lot of it's original. And it's, again, it's Grant Kirkhope. And he does, he's so jolly. And imagine, <laughs> imagine if Viva Pinata had Nintendo tunes. Yeah, that's essentially yeah. the music. And there, there was a sequence that I was playing this because I, I bought it, um, and I walked around a corner, and all of a sudden I heard the chime from Mario sixty four, the little melody of the do, 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 mm. and I lost it. <laughs> but it's done so subtly. Yes, it's very, it's very, it's very back and forth. It's just like yeah, oh. that's that's one of the great things I've always loved about the Mario offshoot games. So like Paper Mario or Mario and Luigi, like I'm playing Bowser's Inside Story. It's completely original music, but it still sounds like a Mario game. And every once in a while you'll hear like a throwback to something from a Mario game. And it just, it, it's so fucking good. Like yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm a fucking, I'm such a nerd for uh, video game music and Mario. I mean, everybody knows if you hear the first chimes of a Mario game, you know exactly what you're thinking of, what you're hearing. So it's it's really great to do that. I, like I loved it when they did it with Zelda and uh, Hyrule Warriors and stuff oh. like that. And mm-hmm. oh, that's Hyrule soundtrack. Warriors has got a fucking phenomenal soundtrack. It does. I'm, I'm so, so I am so hoping they do a Switch port of that because I want to play it again. It's so good. It's so good. Like even like the um because I, I recognized it right away and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. They put this song in there. Um, in Hyrule Warriors, whenever you're in the menus. It's playing the house theme from um, from fucking uh, Ocarina of Time, but it's like a fucking orchestra version of it, and it's like really epic. And I was like, "This is so cool that they they turn this you know mundane fucking song of whenever you're walking around in a house and turn it into this like epic fucking crescendo." Yeah, if you buy a Switch, this is one of the first games you should buy. Oh, I'm definitely buying it. Yeah, it's it's really good. I, it's it's literally the first time I've taken my Zelda cart out of my Switch. <laughs> nice. So great. All right. Anything else, John? All right. Cool. I think, I think John's <laughs> off playing rabbits. He was talking about it, being so enthusiastic. It's like, oh man, I gotta play this game. I gotta, play, I gotta take another turn. Come on, let's yeah. go. All right. So we'll move on to Jay. Yeah, so I, I played a couple of things. I played actually a lot of things, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of try to rapid fire the small things first and then kind of go into the big things. Um, so I played Sonic Mania. I didn't play much of it. I played, I played maybe an hour or so. Um, I like it, but there sure are a lot of like remixes of older levels. There, There's a lot of them. 
Yeah, and I kind of wanted to see a lot of a lot of new stuff. You don't get to the new stuff until World Three, I think. Yeah, I got to I got to World Three, but uh, is, you know, the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that that's place that place was pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed it. I I like the music, but like the new music is great. But boy, are those classic! Like when you hear like the, the flying battery theme again, I was like, dude, I haven't heard that theme in years. So hearing it again and it's like playing through that level is is pretty great. Um, I do have a love for Sonic from back in the day because I had a Genesis instead of a Super Nintendo growing up, so I played all the Sonic games. So I enjoyed them, but um, I don't think it's I don't think this is like the the best like Sonic game ever made or anything. Uh, I don't think it's there from what I played, but uh, it's enjoyable. It certainly is very good, and I like what they did with uh, the sprites, uh, how they how they kind of move about. So it's kind of like the very much like two D sprites, but they're just kind of. Um, I guess there's just more frames to them, right? Is that is that the right way to describe that? There's just more animation frames, so everything mm-hmm. just looks smoother, yep. which is nice. Uh, the music's great. I'm looking forward to playing more of it, but I think people just kind of went overboard with the hype train on Sonic Mania. So when I actually finally got to play it, it's kind of a downer because everyone said it's like, oh, it's like one of the best games of the year. So I played it, so it's very good, but it's not it's not going to be breaking my top ten in this year. No, not, not It's at not all. Resident Evil 7 at all. <laughs> Resident Evil 7? I don't know where that comparison comes from. Because that's one of the best games of the year. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so, he, I have to mention this since you brought it up. I yeah. fucking love that meme of... Um, <laughs> is somebody... I think it said, like, um, Sonic Team. It said, mm-hmm. okay, you fucking make a Sonic game if it's so easy. <laughs> and then it shows the Metacritic score. And they have the gif of the VeggieTales tomato, like, blinking and looking sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Challenge uh, accepted. And then, yeah. you know, knocked out of the park, right? But it's, it's a weird feeling because, I mean, obviously these guys, these fan creators are very talented in their own right. But I feel like if fans could have done it, why, did, why couldn't the official Sonic team could? It feels weird. It's not like they're not talented at all, you know. Maybe it's just too much red tape, too many things getting in their way. Maybe the uh, the executives didn't think a 2D game would sell again of this nature. Well, they um, did it. Sonic Hedgehog Four. Sonic Hedgehog Four, and that that wasn't that great, right? No, it's and it's episodic, and it, I don't think that it ever finished. No, it didn't. Yeah, that's that's a that's a bummer. But I think uh, they, they got pressure from the executives to stick with like the existing Sonic properties that are out there, like Sonic Boom and shit like that. Because I mean, that cartoon's still going, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty big too, from what yeah. I understand. I so see, I see screen caps of that cartoon all the time, and it seems hilarious. I might actually have to watch it because they they reference like Sonic lore and the the dumb things that the Sonic team has done in the past constantly, and it seems like a good time. But everyone knows Sonic Boom was a total, you know, unadulterated disaster. In oh way. yeah, that that game was. Whew. Yeah, it was, it was rubbish. It was, it was basically Sonic Go Six again. So maybe not not quite as bad because 06 is legendary. But um, yeah, good to play a new Sonic game. That's good. Uh, enjoying it. I played a bit of um, Yakuza Kiwami. By bit, I mean I played maybe like five, six hours in the past like two weeks. But uh, I'll say, man, going to Yakuza Kiwami after Yakuza 0 was it was a bit of a trip. Because I think Yakuza 0 is just a way better game than Kiwami. Because, you know, it's, it is Yakuza 0 
despite the number, it is the latest entry from the Yakuza series that came to the States, right? So it has all the benefits, all the mechanics, all the refinements that the Yakuza series had to offer till that point. But Yakuza Kiwami is trying to preserve what Yakuza 1 was to kind of the letter, including like the story beats and the things that you have to do during the story. And a lot of them feel kind of redundant and kind of really slow-paced. And that kind of bums me out because Yakuza 0 was paced really, really well with the things that you're doing, going back from Majima and uh, Kiryu back and forth, uh, seeing how their stories unfold together and stuff like that. That was fascinating. Yakuza Kiyomami is still a good game, but after playing Yakuza 0, I can't help but feel a little bit disappointed. But I understand it because they want to make it what Yakuza 1 was, just make it prettier. So I, I get it. That's exactly what they did, too. I mean, it was yeah. like, it was scary, because I went back and looked at some of the YouTube videos of like the old cutscenes from the first game, and I was like, this is a shot for fucking shot yeah, remake. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, couldn't I, believe it. They they really wanted to preserve that storytelling, and that's fine. The story is actually still pretty good, and they actually added some things to Nishikiyama's story, to kind of going back to where he was between where, when Kiryu was in prison, kind of yep. laying down even further his motivations and making him more of a compelling character than he was originally in the first Yakuza game on the PS2. And also, since you saw him in Yakuza 0 and their relationship with Kiryu, it actually that even further. So the story feels better than ever because of these factors, but the actual gameplay and playing the game feels lackluster compared to Zero, where you got to switch back from two very, very different characters uh, with all these side activities. Like, uh, uh, Ken, did you do did you do the real estate and the cabaret club stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those things are fun, and they give you some really amazing rewards. And they're ridiculously in-depth in for what they yeah, are. They are. They really yeah. are. They're just mini-games, but they're not throwaway at all. They, you get some crazy, crazy amount of depth. Uh, I still recommend Yakuza Kiwami to everyone that's finished Yakuza 0 just to see where the story goes next. But keep in mind that this is a preservation of a <clears throat> PS2 era game. So it's not going to be as good as 0 as far as the gameplay element, but the story is still well worth seeing. I, I, need, I, to, I need to finish 0 because <clears throat> I, so do I. <laughs> I bought Kiwami and it's sitting on my shelf. I, I, all I did was install it and watch the intro. I haven't I haven't played it yet. So. Um, Kiwami. Like Yakuza Zero to me is the best story out of all of them. I, I've um, loved it I, so far. So yeah, Zero is Gr- fantastic. Granted, I have not played Zero, and I probably should. But um, yeah, Yakuza One. Like after I played that, I was like, "Damn, I got to play the rest of these in the series," which I did, like back to back. But I have to mention because they added it in Kiwami, the Majima everywhere. Yeah, mechanic, yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty fucking great. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you're just doing random shit, and Majima will just pop out of nowhere. Like, he came out of a fucking sewer one time. <laughs> yep. like, he, like, he, like a fucking ninja turtle came out. He said, okay, motherfucker, it's time to fight. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> you have to be uh, meeting certain conditions to fight him at certain points, too. Like, he dresses up like a police officer. And he's like, yeah, make sure you don't have any contraband on you when I frisk you. And then he was kind of hinting at that you should have some kind of knife because he's going to bring like a baseball bat or knife to fight you. So you should have one on your own. And then you trigger that fight and then you level up. And that's kind of how you unlock this uh, the dragon of Dojima fighting style um, over time. Because after being you know in prison for 10 years, he's kind of rusty. So it's kind of unlocking yep. his powers again. I, I, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I enjoyed that. And Majima is just a fantastic character in general. So it's, it's just it's delightful to see him everywhere. Um, I miss Mark and, Hamill as him. He did a good job. He did. He did great. It's basically the Joker 
as Majima, <laughs> basically. But the rest of the cast was was not so great in the English dub, and that was the no. issue. But no. at the at the end of the game, it's a fucking Yakuza game. You gotta have that authentic Japanese dub. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll keep I'll keep the Japanese dub, uh, especially since you know it cuts down on localizing costs and time. So uh, the next game that I played a little bit of was Uncharted: Lost Legacy. And um, oh, damn it! Yes, I played that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Join on the conversation, John. Did you beat it? Yes, in two things. Wow! It was like, yeah, I kind of went deep on that game because wow. cool. it it. Uh, I was like a lot of people. I thought four was a really great ending to that mm-hmm. series, and you know, this was, um, you know, they they hadn't even mentioned Lost Legacy. When I completed that, it was there was some story DLC that was going to happen with the season pass, but that was it. But I thought that it was maybe eight hours, eight or nine hours, um, mm-hmm. great length uh, for for a side story. I thought the two characters, uh, Chloe and Nadine, worked really, really well together. I thought the villain of the piece was really well done, uh, very menacing, and definitely heightened the tension i mean it's still uncharted you're still uh solving puzzles you're 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 shooting your way through or in some cases stealthing your way through some action scenes um i thought there were some truly touching moments um especially as you got further on down the game and uh when the dynamic between sort of chloe and nadine had grown i thought that was some really really nice scenes and my God, does that thing look a beautiful oh, yeah. pro in 4K. Yeah, it's a oh beautiful my game. God. It is, but I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And if they are to make an Uncharted, which I can't imagine certainly letting the Uncharted franchise die because it's, you know, it is a, a showpiece for them, um, I would have no problem in those two being the main protagonists. Great. I... I will say that I, I mirror your sentiment in a lot of ways. I think Chloe and Nadine are very good characters, and their chemistry together is actually very good because in the beginning, they actually don't have chemistry, right? They kind of don't no, like no. each other, really. They're kind of there because you know uh, they have the same goal. They want they want to get in on this big score, but uh, they don't like each other. But as, as they kind of, as you spend more time with them, you kind of see them kind of understand each other and where they're coming from a little bit more. But my issue with the game was that I am actually not in the mood for like an Uncharted game. It's just what it feels like. I'm not saying that the gameplay is bad. I like the gameplay in Uncharted 4, and the gameplay is basically exactly the same here. Except for Chloe, she, her movement and her skill set are different from um, from Drake's. But you're basically doing the same kind of things. And that's fine and all, but um, I don't know. I just I have to be in a certain mood to play an Uncharted game, and I don't think I was in that kind of mood. So when I started playing it, I got about two, three hours into it. I did the whole big open world section of it where you're going through the, 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 the little temple thing and then collecting these things. I thought that was cool, uh, giving you a bit of movement and freedom to kind of choose where you want to go next. I thought that was nice. Um, but as far as the actual gameplay, just going into the combat, uh, doing the puzzles and stuff, I thought that was all well and good. It's obviously, I mean, Naughty Dog just simply refuses to make a mediocre game ever. So it is very... <laughs> It, it is a, it is a very good game, but at, at the place that I'm at and when the kind of games that I, I want to play, I, I wasn't I wasn't into it, so I kind of just stopped playing. I'm putting it on the side for now. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's it's, it's a very good game. I, I recognize, but I'm just not in the mood, man. It's just I get I get into these moods where I don't want to play open world games or I don't want to play like third person shooter cover things, and then I'm I'm in that mood. Uh, the big game that I did play and I I finished a review of and it went up and all that jazz, but uh, it's been two weeks. So uh, I played East Eight Lacrimosa of Dana. And that's one of the games that I've been looking forward to the most in, in this year, along with the, the other stuff that's coming out. And the thing that really makes me interested in East games in general is that it has this really nice blend of action and RPG elements that I don't think a lot of other games have. Uh, Drew, you play E7, right? Recently for review? I sure did. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that like when I was talking to you about certain aspects of the game, like I didn't I didn't get it. Like I, you were talking about this and that about the combat and everything. And I will say that I actually checked out the E7 port on PC myself because I was curious about what you were saying. And E7 has not aged well at all compared mm, to yeah. E8. Like I was surprised. I was shocked in fact because E7 is actually a really old game by now. Uh, that game came out like 6 7 years ago at this point. And uh, there has been multiple East games uh, since that point. And East 8, boy, is, a, is, a, is a so much of a better game. And the basic premise is that you're this guy called Adolf Christian. And he is an adventurer, right? He goes into the world. He loves seeing uncharted territory. He wants to go find exciting like artifacts and uncover mysteries. And he has, he has his friend Dogi with him kind of in, uh, on this adventure. And... In this particular case, they get, they're in a ship and it basically gets completely destroyed by like a giant monster in the sea. And they find themselves being cast away on, uh, on an island. And this island has a long history. It's not just like any other island. It's like a cursed land where if you find yourself marooned on this island, you can, you're sure to never make it out alive. It's one of those kind of places. And uh, basically, there were a bunch of other people on the ship as well, uh, along with you. And they've also been marooned on this island. So your job is to kind of try to find the survivors and try to help them survive. So you build a village. It's called the Castaway Village, notably. So you bring these people in that you find in the world. And uh, the island is huge, by the way. It's the biggest uh, biggest world map for an East game yet. And so you go around finding the survivors. You bring them back. And they have they all have like talents and skills that they bring to the table. Some of them are like a blacksmith. Some of them can make accessories and clothing. Some of them can like make reinforcements to your village. But the thing is, the the island is also inhabited by a lot of different monsters, and they sometimes try to attack your village. So you have these interception uh, missions where you're kind of in in front of the village. You're trying to kill the monster before they break down the gates. There's like a suppression missions where you have to go out into the field and kill a bunch of like infinitely spawning like monsters uh, from uh, certain places, and then kind of make it so that they're not uh, growing exponentially. So you have all these aspects. That were never really in an, any other East games before. Obviously, you still have those giant like uh, like uh, bosses you have to fight. You have these dungeons you have to go through. There's the Metroid elements, Metroidvania elements where you can find certain items uh, that will pr- let you progress to different sections of the map. And uh, it just feels good because you're constantly making progress, not just in yourself as you level up, gain more skills. And the more times you use those skills, they also level up and become more powerful in turn. But you get these castaways and they help make this village, which was kind of like, you know, this, there's nobody there at the start. 
But as you progress the game, there's more and more people. It becomes like a bustling village at the end of it. There's like a bunch of people. They're doing all different things. And as you continue to grow the village, they also help you out by clearing areas that you couldn't get to before, like landfills and like uh, like giant boulders and stuff like that. They can break apart together, and then you get more access to the map. And um, it's just a good time. Like as far as the progression goes for an action RPG, it's just really good. And the combat, I think the combat in these games have always been exceptional because they prioritize hack and slash, but you also have to be very, very uh, clever in the timing of your attacks because the enemies, they all come at you at once. Uh, there's a lot of them. They do a lot of damage to you. I played on hard mode because I played a lot of these games. I wanted a bit of more of a challenge. So they're killing me in like three, four hits every time. So so you can attack, you can jump, you can do your special moves. Uh, you, you can uh, have four different special moves at once that you can kind of trigger. But the big thing is you can actually switch between three characters at any time. And they all specialize in different things. Like one person, you know, is uh, is using a rapier. She does thrust attacks. Other guy is using a giant anchor kind of weapon. So he does slam attacks. And monsters are weak to different types of attacks. So you'll find yourself switching back and forth between characters in one encounter. Doing special moves here and then you sw- switch to the other character. And then timing your dodges at the exact right time to get a flash flash move. Uh, pressing your guard button at the exact right time to get flash guard in order to get multiple critical hits over and over again to really kind of turn the tide of battle. So you really have to be on top of the game in order to progress. Uh, and uh, it's just, as far as an action RPG goes, I think the the blend of the RPG elements as far as your character growth and the growth of the village and the really tight control to the combat and how satisfying it all feels, it's just on a league of its own. That's why I love these East games so much. And East 8 especially uh, also introduces a huge storyline and a lot of different characters, which are pretty compelling. Uh, Donna, being uh, the namesake of the, the title, uh, is this one character that I really liked as well. And uh, the, how her story unfolds and what's kind of going on between her and Adol and the, the different types, time eras that's coming and going. It's, it's pretty interesting. It, it turns out uh, there's some surprises and turns that I wasn't expecting as I was playing through the game. And uh, very, very impressed with the game. Uh, if you've never played the East game, you don't have to worry about having, having to play the games before. They don't really connect to each other at all. Like, yeah, sometimes you'll have characters that might show up for another one, but they'll have they'll make very small references that, that won't make any kind of impact to the actual story you're playing. So East 8 is a great place to jump in to the series and see what I'm talking about. If you enjoy, like, hack-and-slash action games, and also, you know, you like some RPG elements and just have a good time. And also, the, oh, my God, the music. Drew, you listened to the, the songs in East 7. What did you think of that? It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I told you. I told you on Twitter. I was like, "Dude, the fucking soundtrack, Falcom. They got some good composers. They have an in-house um, music studio called Team JDK, and they do the songs for Legend of Heroes. You remember the songs from that game? It was also really good, right? The Charles Cole yeah. still had amazing soundtrack. Exactly. Same team. Same team. So they do the in-house uh, uh, soundtrack and East Eight exceptional soundtrack because i'm not sure about you guys do you guys have like a ritual you guys do when you write reviews for games at all that's something that you always do while you're reviewing a game like writing it out no no i'm i'm typically at work really what about you john no not so not so much much. well what i like to do is i like to try to get into the mood and then try to remember the game and by uh by listening to actually the 
the OST, the original soundtrack of the game, I get into that mentality of that moment when I was playing through that game. So if I'm able, sometimes I can't because the OST is just not available online. But when I was writing the East 8 review, um, I was just sitting there just listening to the entire soundtrack. And um, like it literally brought the score up. Because I was sitting there for about two hours writing the review, and I was just listening to the soundtrack. I would I would put some some of the songs on repeat, and it's just so good. The music is just so amazing uh, in the East, and it's just uh, it's just like ear porn is what it to me. Uh, so he's it highly recommended. You can also buy it on PC and the Vita along with the PS4. So if you have any of those platforms, and if anything that I said remotely interests you, I highly recommend you check it out. Is it for price? It it costs forty dollars. Okay. Is it is it cross buy? Uh, it is not cross buy. Sorry. All right. Okay. Sounds interesting. What else is going on? Anything else? Is that it? Oh wait, wait, hold on, hold on. East East Eight is uh sixty bucks. I was gonna say I think it's for sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah, it might be sixty dollars. I have to say because I it I had never played a East game before, but Mm -hmm. when I did sit down and play it, it reminded me of an old PlayStation One game. Called uh, Threads of Fate. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game's that game's way slow compared to East, though. I, I know, but I, mean, I was just like, you're switching between characters mm-hmm. and it's an action RPG. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is kind of like Threads of Fate because I remember playing that as a kid. Drew, like, if you, I know uh, there's some aspect of E7 that didn't uh, like zell with you too much. Some of the combat aspect, like E8 is so much improved. If you remotely like E7, you should definitely check out E8. I think you'll love it. I really liked the. I mean, I liked Ease Seven. You know, I didn't give it a bad score. I was just like, it, there was. I don't know what it was. I like every time I got into a boss fight, I was like, God, here goes twenty minutes of me rolling and 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 like I just felt like the boss fights were too long. Maybe in the Ease Eight, I feel like the boss fights were too short. That's oh, okay. Complaints. Yeah. But then again, yeah. I'm very you know inundated with the combat engine, so I just I use every trick in the book to kill things fast, super fast. So. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I, I may give Eze a shot one day. So yeah, yeah, I'll keep, definitely. I'll keep it in mind. That's it. All right, I'll wrap it up. Uh, most of the stuff I've played, we've talked about. Destiny, Mario, mm-hmm. everybody's golf. I did play another game. You yeah. tell us about that little boy now. I Go wrote, on. I wrote my review for this game this week. It should be live. Hopefully, when this show goes live. Maybe the day after. Did I play a little game called Knack 2? Hmm. And anybody who's ever listened to the show knows how much I love the first game. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> one of your favorite games of all time. Almost as much as Shenmue. Almost. Yeah. Almost, almost as much as I love almost. Shenmue. Yeah. So, Knack 1 was a poorly paced launch game that was just not very good. Had no. bad... I hated playing. Yeah, it's it like the the difficulty pacing was terrible. The pacing of the game was bad. The characters weren't very interesting. It, it just wasn't a good game. The sequel characters are still not very good. Uh, they're very I, boring. Kind of, I like the characters in the first game. I like like the professor and shit like that. I don't yeah. know. They're just very bland and and uninteresting. Well, they are kind of bland, but I was just like, eh, you know, I, I was like, I'd watch a cartoon based on this probably. And I, and I think it, what kills me the most is like Knack is supposedly like this mystical kind of creature, and he just kind of stands there and makes really bad one-liners. 
Yeah. And he still does that in the sequel. Mm-hmm. But fuck, did they fix that game. <laughs> <laughs> so that game, Knack 2, is a lot is a lot better paced. Uh, it feels good to play. It looks super slick. It's still it's still kind of boring visually. Like it, it, a lot of the areas and things are kind of bland as far as detail goes. Uh, they are big. They are vibrant. They are colorful, which is something we don't get in a lot of games nowadays. But as a game itself, though, it's it's really good. Like the 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 progression of the game, the way that Knack's ability to grow and shrink in size. Um, is implemented better into the puzzles. In the first game, it just kind of felt like it was there. Um, they didn't seem to know kind of what to do with it. In the sequel, they, they've expanded on it by allowing him to, um, you know, collect elements into it, um, into the puzzle. So, like, there's ice areas, electricity, things like that, that he can he can pull these abilities into, and then he can do solve different puzzles within the area. Um, there's also a big skill tree, uh, that you, you get XP when you defeat enemies. You can level up uh, different abilities. There's four different branches. You've got to do one before you start the second. Things like that. Um, there also is like a perk system, which is actually kind of neat. So it's tied to the, the treasures that are hidden in every level. So if you find one of these treasures, you get a piece of this device. And if you get all the pieces of the device, then you get this perk that you can equip. What I found cool about it, and it took me a little while to figure out how this worked, but when you find these pieces, sometimes you can find a duplicate, and then it'll give you a list of people that are playing the game. Um, I'm assuming once it comes out, it would be people that are on your friends list. I was playing, you know, pre pre uh, launch, um, but then you could give those pieces to those people. Oh, which I thought I was... think the first game done something similar to that uh, with it, those collectibles. It, it might have, um, but yeah, I thought I, I thought that was really cool. So, and and the perks are actually good. So there are things like you know they speed up your attack, or they they'll give you more XP for defeating certain uh, certain enemies. Um, also, like when you destroy these items in the environment, they'll they'll send out a shock wave that stuns enemies. Um, the combat also feels a lot more fluid. Like there's a lot more moves that Nat gets through the skill tree. So the combat becomes a little more interesting. Enemies have different dynamics that you have to use to beat them. It it feels... And I don't know if it's because it's a comparison of a really bad game to a, <laughs> a good game. But it feels so much better than the original. Um, and if you enjoy a solid you know action platformer, I can finally tell you that Knack 2 is a good game to play. <laughs> <laughs> it feels weird saying it, doesn't it? It does. Like I, <laughs> I, I truthfully, when the when the game came in, I was like, I, you know, by the time I ship this to somebody, it's it's going to take so long to get there. And I was like, I'll just review it. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, who better to review it than the person who hated the first one? Right. Because I, it's not that I wanted to hate Knack. It's it's the kind of game that I enjoy. It's a it's yeah. a platformer. It's an action platformer. It's a character platformer, and I love those games. I mean, I'll I'll still defend Ukulele even with all of its problems. But Knack One was just a bad game. It was bad. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Jack and Daxter, and even Ratchet and Clank. And I was just like, dude, this is crap. It's like because they forced you to go to Mini Knack, and like you want to be the big Knack because he's real powerful. But if you go to Mini Knack to solve puzzles. You get hit once, you're dead. 
Yeah. And I was like, well, this, this fucking sucks because then they're going, oh, they're going to throw a bunch of enemies at you while you're trying to do this puzzle with small knack and then you just die and it just, it was kind of crap. Yeah, they fixed that. So when you, when you're doing puzzles as little knack, there's very rarely any enemies to, to, uh, to block your path. So mini knack is mostly used for, you know, jumping on small platform ledges, walking through little holes in the wall and solving puzzles. And you can immediately pull back to Big Knack as soon as you need it just by tapping the R1 button. So. So you then have to collect shit. Yep. To get bigger. Exactly. I mean, you'll you'll still collect stuff to grow over time. Uh, and of course, there's a little meter at the top that tells you how tall you are. And as, okay. soon as, as soon as you hit the R1 button, you're like two foot one. <laughs> but. Um, you you get pretty big and you do like the intro starts you off in like this Godzilla style destroy the city battle with these monsters and supposedly that's kind of like the climax of the game and then you go back to the beginning to see how you got there. Ah oh, man, yeah. I, I kind of don't like when they do that. Man, they did that in too many games. These yeah, days. but yeah. I, it makes me really excited to you know to get back to that point because that part of the game was super fun, being huge knack fighting huge enemies in the city. Right, that's cool stuff. Uh, but no, it's um, it's good, and it's <laughs> okay. That's it's, good, and it's forty bucks, and it's it's kind of the trifecta Sony first party releases. Like I was saying earlier, you know, Uncharted was good. Everybody's Golf is incredible, and Knack Two, it's good. So good on you, good on you, Mark Cerny. You you did it. Yep. You did it, buddy. Good. Kudos to Sony for having three really solid first party games uh, at forty dollars a pop. Did Cerny do Act Two? He, he was did. he was on the team. Yeah, he's um uh, the cre- credits list him first as director. So I would imagine so. I did know it's something. Um, I haven't played it myself yet. I have bought it, but I haven't played it. But I did notice that uh, when you change the Difficulty, it actually changes the platform. So yep. uh, the puzzling, so that's super cool. So if you're playing with a, a child, like co-op, it makes the puzzles or the platforming easier, so they don't get frustrated. Yes, I thought that was super cool. Yeah, really they, clever idea. They tell you that at the beginning when you choose your difficulty, that certain parts of the game will not be available because they're harder parts of the game. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I, I didn't think I'd ever be able to say that. In my life, that knack is so. It. If uh, if knack three comes in, do you, are you excited to play it? I am. I am excited to play it because great, it's. Great, uh, man, I love hearing that. Yeah, I I like those kind of games, and it was it hurt my heart that the first knack was not good. I tried, I tried so many times to play that game, and it was not good. Uh, to this day, I have never even touched the touched the like knack in any capacity. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll try out knack two. Yeah, knack two is actually a good game. Don't 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 play knack. Okay. Mac is a bad game. Uh, the only other thing I played was they sent me a code for the Naruto collection, which I didn't even know was a thing. There's a collection. It's how a, many? How many games are in there? Four. Jesus. All no. of the Shep, yeah. all of the Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm games are in that collection. Can I? That's that's too many ninjas, man. It is. It's that's way. It's it's way too many ninjas. But going back and playing those games, I realized that they were they were solid games. They, they they were never anything else really. No. They've always been good, and they're all, the all four of them. Also. Yeah, they're all four the same game. But 
<laughs> but they are they are solid. And you know, if you're into Naruto, it's a hell of a package. I think it's sixty bucks for four remastered games on the new machines. That's pretty Wait, good. Uh, what's the shit? Is it the Ultimate Storm games? Is it the the GameCube games? Is it the it's the Ultimate PS2? Storm game? So it's one, two, okay. three, and four. Okay. Yeah, it's the ones that were on 360 and PS3. Yeah, I hear a lot of people speak fondly of the GameCube Naruto games. I thought maybe oh, you're talking got... about the fighting games. Yeah, I actually yeah. have yeah. the um, the Japanese import of the original GameCube one because mm-hmm. they never brought it over here. That game is made by Eighteen, and if you've never heard of them, they made the Bloody Roar series. Oh, okay. Uh, and those games are really good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I think there's four of those. But yeah. I think so. Truthfully, playing those games back in the day on the GameCube really made me want a new Bloody Roar. I'm still waiting. I will I will play a Bloody Roar in 2017. Bloody Roar. Man, I, I love <laughs> Go back and play those games because the announcer's the best. Because you know all the characters had a real persona and then an animal persona. Mm-hmm. And the announcer sound like he pieced them together in post. So, like, when he announces them, he's like, when you pick your character, he's like, Jenny the Bat. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Great. But you need to go back and play the game. Bloody it's a big yeah. game, because, you know, Eiffel 65 song about it. Bloody raw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, that's I, I spent a lot of time playing Destiny this week. So. Yeah, that's, that has been the game to play this week for sure. It is, and it's good. You want to hear, hear something funny? What's up? I played Overwatch one time since Destiny released. <sighs> the prophecy is coming true. It's true. I, I did play Overwatch one night this week. I I am two levels away from level 600, so I kind of want to get that done. I'm, but, I'm, uh, I'm four levels away from 500. So I, I was in the same boat. I kind of wanted to hit that that milestone of level 500, but haven't had a chance to go back and play it yet. Uh, it's 600, you got that silver border. I know. I want the silver border. Uh, the five stars is going to feel good. It's, it's going to feel good. But it, it, does, it does look pretty nice, but the silver border. Oh, yeah. Man. I'm looking forward to the silver border. I'll get there. I'll get there. Yeah, me too. All right. But let's talk yeah, about I like, I like- I just want to mention the silver border thing because it seems like every time I get into a game with this random people and you see the other team has a silver border guy, the other team always mentions it. Oh, God, they got to get silver player. Oh, yeah. Really? It's not even a big deal. There's like platinum. Every time I was thinking, I was like, that means jack shit. Yeah. Yeah, he probably. And they're like, oh, we got the guy's a diamond. He's playing against silvers. Oh, well. Who gives a shit? He might suck. <laughs> I've I've won many a game where there were silvers on the other side. Yeah. Uh, also, I was playing a lot of Injustice this week, and they added a new multiverse called the Legendary Multiverse. At okay. 170 hours in that game, I still am not able to partake in the Legendary Multiverse. <laughs> Why not? What, what, you, I... you have to meet some ridiculous... Ridiculous requirements, because you get new gear, which is legendary gear, and it's character specific. So there's a Wonder Woman one, there's a Batman one, and you have to. There's like six criteria that you have to meet in order to get into it. Um, one of them is to sacrifice a hundred uh, epic gears 
which I, I've never sacrificed epic gear. I sacrifice common and rare, but I've never sacrificed epic gear. It's, it's not even like a few. It's like hundreds. A hundred. So many. But that's just one criteria. Other criteria is like defeat a hundred enemies as Batman or two hundred enemies as Batman to get into his. Uh, another one is do fifty stage transitions as Batman. So they're character specific. And I don't think they're retro. I think they went live when the the multiverse went live. So nothing I've done to this point counted. So I'd have to start over. How long does this one last? I I don't know. I think it's permanent. Like, I think they're just going to rotate the characters that are in it. Because it's a separate option in the menu now. Gotcha. Um, But yeah. I, I was all excited. I'm like, ooh, new multiverse. Yeah, I've all spent 100 hours in the regular multiverse. But no, I can't even do it yet. <laughs> uh, but to kind of to kind of segue from that, uh, let's talk about new releases this week. Black Manta is dropping on Tuesday. The Fighter Pack 2 starts. I, I saw a, a, a gif of uh, Black Manta doing, like, hidden missile shit while he's flying. I was like, oh, that's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, I have one character left to hit level 20. I am planning on doing that. I started it yesterday, but I plan on finishing that before Tuesday. Uh, and then I can jump straight into Black Manta. Who are you missing? Brainiac. He's a, mm. he's a 17 right now. Uh, three more levels. Those last three levels are the hard ones to grind. Uh, also out this week is Call of Duty Infinite Warfare Retribution. Um, multiplayer thing, I guess? There's no single-player DLC for okay. Call of Duty ever. Uh, Happy Dungeons <clears throat> is out this week. The Inside Limbo Double Pack. Uh, Ken Follett's The Pillars of the Earth. Hmm. Uh, Maze, as in M-A-I-Z-E, like corn. I saw screenshots of this game. They offered us a review code, and I was just like, I don't have time for corn right now. <laughs> uh, NASCAR yeah. Heat 2. Okay. Yeah. Remember when NASCAR games were huge? <laughs> they were Remember huge. When NASCAR was huge? Oh, man, when I worked at GameStop, NASCAR was like an event. When that game, really? When EA wow. was doing that game. When EA was doing the yearly iterations of NASCAR, that thing sold a ton. Because they were actually good? Yeah, those those were actually good games. How, what do you, do you just, do you just go left the whole time? Is that, or is there some, something else to it? There's definitely strategy involved in NASCAR. The joke is always that you turn left, but... Yeah, you know, I understand there's a lot mm. of things with taking over positions. There's the whole tire thing and all that jazz. I get it, but... Would the gameplay be, like, exciting? People, I guess it must have been. People seem to love people it. People bought it. Yeah. Here, here, okay, here's, sure. I, I have to mention this because I have watched NASCAR before. Mm-hmm. There are road courses in NASCAR as well. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah they, they, they do more than just turn left. I mean, the majority of them are, but there there are some that do road courses. Yeah, road courses sound more interesting to watch anyway, as far as, I mean, obviously to play as well, because, you know. And do some turns. Uh, NHL 18 is out this week, um, as is the Young Stars edition. I, I'm assuming that's like a special edition. 
Uh, Planet of the Eyes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pro Evo Soccer 2018. Is that out? I guess I have to get ahead of FIFA. Yeah, the FC Barcelona edition is what it says in parentheses. Uh, um Speedrunners from Hell. What are these games? Are these like PC releases? No, this or? is. I'm looking at PS4, Xbox One lists. Jeez, wow. Um, Tooth and Tail. Okay. Trulon, the Shadow Engine. Uh, Ease Eight. Yeah, that's the that's the big release for this week. Metal. Uh, Baja Edge of Control HD. <laughs> NBA 2K18. That's the real big release of this week. Nah, man. Screw screw these sports games. NBA 2K18 will be one of the best-selling games of the fall. Yeah. By a, by a country mile. <clears throat> Those games sell like nuts. Uh, the game that won't sell like nuts, NBA Live 18, is actually coming out this week. What makes that? What? what? Two? NBA Live. Two different NBA games. Yeah, EA's back. They brought their game back. Oh. Oh, well. People seem really high on it after the demo, and it yeah. is $20 cheaper. <laughs> but would oh, wow. you really want to put out your basketball game against the basketball game? Well, I mean, when yeah. else are you, you going to put it out? I mean, it's the NBA season starting, so... Oh, I don't... No, that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, so I mean, it's the, the, now's the time. Uh, Dishonored, Ooh. Death of the Outsider. Is oh that yeah, I gotta play that too. Yep, that's out this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, Don't Starve Together, the console edition. Cool, I love Don't Starve. Always a good fun game. Transcripted. I, I don't know what that is. Nope. Uh, Dream Break. Uh, Jetto nope. Mero, Hero of the Universe. Oh. Yeah, I know you've been waiting on that, Drew. I'll get you a code. Nope. Wait. <laughs> okay, I was about to say. <laughs> I was like, is there something worth like looking into? I don't know. Uh, Time Recoil, which I've actually played that. That's one of those 10 tons games. It's a top-down shooter. Uh, 3DS this week is getting Percy's Predicament Deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. And Metroid Samus Returns. I I I played that game. I'm going to write the review tonight, but I can't talk about it. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rayman Legends, the definitive edition for the Switch. So yeah, that's finally coming out. How, how old is that game? Uh, 2014. Maybe 2013. So it's it's still old. Uh, Kingdom New Lands, as opposed to the old lands. Uh, and finally, Semispheres for the Switch. The Switch. And I have not heard of any of these games. Yeah, a lot of games, but a lot you have no freaking clue what they are. So Dishonored and these eight are of note to me, anyway. Yeah. I, I, I recommend mean, those games. Lots of sports games. Oh, and Metroid, this, too. Metroid yeah, too. lots of sports games out this week. Granted, they're you know NHL and NBA Live, which are not going to be huge sellers, but then NBA 2K is, is probably the biggest 
commercial release this week. That's out on Friday. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, the PC games. We got any we got any good stuff going on here? Um, I mean, pff, why not release the game and its sequel on the same day, right? That's how. Yeah, games why not? Work. Yeah. Uh, Gravity at its finest and Gravity at its finest too. Both come Ooh. out this week. Brilliant. They sound like top tier. Um, there's also Achievement Hunter Darkness 2 and Achievement Hunter Offensive. Cause, you know, do you the, think they're achievement games, do you think? Uh, well, they're for Steam, so if you're if you're farming achievements on Steam, you're doing it wrong. Just <laughs> yeah. you know. I don't even know where to go to check my achievements on Steam. I'm sure I have a lot of them. Considering you can just install a program on your PC to unlock them all, they kind of lose their value. Yeah. So... That's that's really it. There's not a lot of uber funny PC games. So, but anyway, yeah, there you go. That's what's uh, that's what you can spend your money on this week. So let's talk about the news. Uh, Xbox Live kind of leaked the details of the first Destiny expansion. Uh, it Oops. is it is called the Curse of Osiris. It includes, uh, you'll be able to explore Mercury and its mysterious Infinite Forest. Uh, it has new story missions and adventures, new themed weapons, armor, and gear, new cooperative activities, new competitive multiplayer arenas, and more. So, there you go. What you would expect. Yep. Uh, more remasters, baby. I've got at least four of them to talk about this week, some rumored. Some confirmed. Okay. The first one up is L.A. Noir coming to Switch, oh, yeah. PS4, and Xbox One, and the Switch version is ten dollars more. The Switch tax once again. Switch tax is coming. So how much is the Switch version? Is that full price? Kind of Sixty thing? bucks. The PS4 and Xbox One are fifty. Mm. No, okay. I'm sorry, but it ain't worth Nintendo. Need to sort that out. It ain't, really do, it ain't worth fifty, let alone sixty. And you have to bear in mind that that's going to be pretty much a direct port from the 360 and PS3 version, whereas the remasters will actually be remastered on the other consoles. So yeah, they're getting mm. 4K support on both PS4 and Xbox One X. So nice. It's still not worth $50. <laughs> I love that game. I will happily play that game. Oh my god, that is just... $50 remasters are the worst. Mm. Yeah. I, just, I, I guess just, it will come with all of the DLC, as you would expect, anyway. Ugh. I just, I just have such a problem with fifty and sixty dollar remasters. It just, it just rubs me the wrong way. Uh, let me cycle through all this fucking Destiny news so I can tell you about other games. Uh, Madden got a title update. The only reason that this is noteworthy is because the team is based in Florida. And apparently they worked really hard to get it out before they had to evacuate. <laughs> yeah, that's a deadline. Really. Yeah. Um, I did download the patch and I did play Madden a couple games this week. The only thing of note for me that I noticed playing it was that they added HDR, which looks really fucking good. <laughs> um, Player Unknown's Battleground finally did it. Topped 1 million concurrent players on Steam. 
Jesus. Crushing the all-time record set by Dota 2. That's impressive, isn't it? A, a game that's not actually even out of early access. Yeah, it's not even a real game yet. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, what else we got going on here? Again, don't I'm, forget those other remasters. Oh no, I'll get there. I'll get there. Oh, okay. Um, they're rumors right now. So, ah. uh, I'm trying to cycle through all the Destiny news. It's ridiculous. All right. Well, here's a new story about more remasters. So. Let's just do all the remasters now. Rumors coming out of the boat. Uh, Okami HD, we already knew about that, but it's been rated by the ratings board. So that's probably happening. Looks like PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, The other one that cropped up this morning is the Bayonetta Vanquish 2-pack for PS4 and Xbox One. 2-pack? Okay. Uh, Surprisingly, also in that leak was a Sega Mega Drive collection for the Xbox One and PS4. Does the uh, the Vanquish and Bayonetta pack list whether or not it might have uh, Bayonetta 2 in it there? It does maybe? not. It cannot have Bayonetta 2. You know that. That'd be nice. It's, uh, but that's... Uh, that's... That's, Bayonetta 2 is too good of a game to die in Wii U. Come on, man. Bring it to other things. Well, well it's, it's not. It's, I hope it's so. cut, Well, that's one of the others is that listing also had Bayonetta 1 and 2 for the Switch. Okay. Finally. Good. Which, again, still doesn't help the fact that Bayonetta can't get off Nintendo's consoles. <laughs> but a lot more people have Switch than they, you know. It's true, but a lot more people who have Switch are still not going to play Bayonetta. And you know that. Well, that's then their own mistake, you know. Can't, just, I, can't help, I can't help stupid and ignorance. I'm just saying. Hey, Blizzard's got a couple dollars, right? I think they're kind of broke lately. I don't know. Man. They're opening an eSports arena in Los Angeles. Yep. <sighs> So esports teams will now have stadiums. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're doing with the Overwatch League, man. Yep. You go by the cities and the places you're yep. from, and not like that's bonkers. That's awesome. I want to see how far this can go. The, I mean, I didn't know this, but I uh, we had that podcast with those guys who run some some esports tournaments and stuff like that. I didn't know this. There are professional like baseball and football teams who have esports teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, I didn't know that. Dude, esports is actually growing massively. There's talks of it being in the Olympics at some point, right? Nah, I it's never going to happen. But with games like PUBG becoming so popular, and when they get sort of heavily into esports, you can see that growing or helping esports as an as a actual platform growing. Yeah. I, I didn't realize League of Legends was still such a huge fucking thing. Oh yeah, it's, oh it's, it's huge, dude. Like, like this, it's bigger than Dota two or or even fucking you know Heroes of the Storm. It's oh, yeah. always been bigger than those two, dude. Always it's by a long shot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I, I thought League of Legends kind of died down. Uh, now the the thing that's notable about Dota two is that it has the largest prize pool of any esports event. But it it does falter as far as like concurrent players and stuff like that. League of Legends still has a beat. Uh, back to the LA, LA, LA Noir news. Uh, Rockstar also announced the VR version uh, for the Vive. So, mm. uh, Neo's final DLC will be out September twenty sixth. It's called Bloodshed's End. I caught up and finished the last two DLC for uh, Neo, so I'm looking forward to getting the final story. It's nice to see this game that came out in January still have life all the way in September. It's good. 
what else we got going on? God, there's so much Destiny news. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Xbox One's newest update will be getting a light mode. So, um, it has like a white background with black text as opposed to the black background with the white text. I had a chance to check out the new Xbox dashboard this week. Sorry, in it. It feels a lot like Blades, and that feels really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it certainly makes uh, my console faster. Oh, it's super fast. Like, yeah, which is always fast. a big problem. I think with um, always a big problem with the uh, the whatever they called it, Metro. What was that called? Yeah, I think it was I called remember. Metro. The the Windows Ten um, kind of design. Yeah, it's that was super slow, but it's nice now that this new one just. Makes going through menus lickety quick split. Awesome. Yeah, there there is one bug that I ran into, and again, it's a bug that I always run into with every dashboard, is that I have too many fucking games. So, <laughs> like, my ready-to-install list has never been accurate since the update. When it first booted, it said I had 123, which is about 600 off. Uh, it's now up to 655, which is still about a hundred off. So it's missing some Hell of fix. my games. Oh Hell no, no, I know, I know. It's it's a beta. I get that. Um, but I did report it because I'm like, where's my games, man? I want my games back. Uh, the last remaster rumor. Here it comes again. You ready for it again? Shinmu One and Two has been listed for PS4 and Xbox One. Listed where? Uh, I'll have to find you the site, mm-hmm. but... That's been in, in the, you know, stratosphere kind of hovering around for the last, like, two years, right? Yeah, this is so, actual box art with a coming. date of quarter two, okay. 2018. Okay. So. I, I never played Shamu 2, so I'd like to play it sometime. No, you really wouldn't. Yeah. Nah, it's you wouldn't. probably the greatest game ever made. It's 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 not. If that's the greatest <laughs> game ever made, I wouldn't be a gamer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's some other stuff that happened in news. Uh, I guess last week. Did I miss it in Destiny Overload? Yeah, the, yeah. Um, the there was that big thing, big hubbub about that guy playing the Cuphead thing. Oh, that's not news. That's a bunch of people being bitches. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you guys think of that? Like, this guy was trying to play a game, and he obviously did not do it very well. And by not doing it very well, is is like almost frustrating to watch levels of not doing very well. And that kind of reignited the uh, the whole thing. Like, oh, game journalists are all bad at video games, and then things of that nature. And then the Cuphead developers actually made fun of him too, or something yeah, like that. That makes me have a little less respect for them. Yeah, so I don't know. You realize that he's not a ga- he wasn't a journalist, and he wasn't reviewing the game. Yeah, they do realize that, don't they? No, he he is he is a game journalist by definition. He's, he's a professional re- game journalist. Yeah, but he's not reviewing he's not, the game. Yeah, he's not reviewing the game, and it's. I just think this. So what? Leave him alone. I, I will tell you this right now. I suck at most video games. I I, I do yeah. too. I am. I, I'm not a game journalist. I just write about a video game. Yeah, I, I give my opinion on a video game. Now, I understand the logic behind the argument that maybe mm-hmm. you're not going to understand the complexities of the system if you suck at it. But 
come on. This this uh, get good shit that's that spawned around Dark Souls can fuck right off. Does that mean since I'm too good at games, I shouldn't write about them because my opinions don't matter? I mean, that, 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 that would that would be the there? reverse of that, right? Yeah, that's what it, that's what it actually means as well. Because you have to review a game in a way where you're prudent to the average gamer. I'm not the average gamer, right? I'm good at most of the things that I play. Uh, and most things are easy to me. I kind of got a little bit of shit from calling Salt and Sanctuary too easy. We were like, are you serious? That game is too hard. And I was like, not to me. So that's what I mean. It, reviews and everything else in general comes from perspective of a person's individual skills. And I think having that perspective is important. That's why I always kind of, the first few paragraphs, I always talk about my history with the game or the genre itself. So people have a baseline idea of the level that I'm at and my previous engagement with the game series in general. I think that turns into a huge argument about what you're really familiar with. So having that as an outline, as uh, as something that you can refer to and say, like, well, yeah, I have uh, this opinion about East because I have played basically every other East game that's ever come out in the States, and I have a love for them. So obviously that's going to paint the picture and say that this game is not going to be as hard to me because I have a lot of experience in the genre. And also because I played all of them because I liked them before, I'll probably look favorably on this one as well. This whole idea of this unbiased journalism, it doesn't exist. Right? Like, does it... Can a person or human being truly be unbiased? All we can really do is be transparent about our bias uh, opinions, about things that will kind of paint our opinions towards one way or the other, and then have the reader from that point judge whether or not that opinion is applicable to themselves. So I think it's good to have these reviews from gamers that are not good at games or don't have any history from uh, the perspective of actually playing it. That's one of the reasons why I want to push people to play games. Like, I hate reviewing the same game over again. Not because it'll be a difficult review. In fact, it'll be easy. It'll be very simple for me to play through the same level over and over again. But what I want and what I think would be more useful to the website and to to our readers and listeners in general is a fresh perspective from another person that hasn't played it. That's why I push games like Yakuza 0 to Ken. Because he's never played a Yakuza game that wasn't Dead Souls, which is not a Yakuza. And I wanted to get a take from him to give to other people as a first-time Yakuza fan. Because I think that's what Yakuza 0 was supposed to be about. It's a fresh start for people to jump into the whole series that's been going on for over, you know, like almost two decades at this point. So... When you devalue people's opinions in this way and say, like, if you're not this qualified or, I mean, not qualified, if you're not this good at a game or this, you know, have this much experience with a game and say, like, oh, your opinion no longer matters. No, their opinion, of course, matters a lot because there's a lot of those people in the same application, you know, situation that they are in. Uh, It just bothers me, man, because they they paint with such a broad like stroke and they they don't understand the concept of what an opinion really is well it can be to uh people in general Uh, i like i said i don't that's it's just it's just toxic to me it really is it's like elitism to the nth degree speaking of elitism uh one last news story before we move on because we're running deep um cliffy b put out the roadmap for Lawbreakers, and all five people playing cheered. 
<laughs> well, that's pretty snarky. Claim, I know. But, I'm uh... just. Having, I'm having a good time. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Yeah, lawbreaker. <laughs> so uh, can we can we put out a, a a side bet and say like how long till Lawbreakers goes free to play? I'm guessing first quarter 2018. First quarter 2018. I think that's a solid bet. Anyone else uh, think different? Nah. That sounds about right, right? Yeah. That game's not going to survive the way it is. Nope. Uh, I think I saw your tweet. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Drew. Oh, yeah. I saw uh, Kent's tweet about concurrent view- concurrent players. It was down to like 200. Yeah, it's it's very low. And that's not enough to sustain a multiplayer-only game. No. Not by no. a long shot. And the, the issue I see is that that's the first game his company has made. Is that correct? Yeah, the Boss Key Studios. That's the first game they've put out. <laughs> that may very well put their company at end. Well, he's got a lot of money, so he'll he'll be fine. But the company, yeah, but I mean, about the rest of the company. <laughs> yeah, the company itself. I I don't know. It's it's weird because you know what's funny is that the same week Lawbreakers came out was the same week that Brink went free to play, and Brink had more fucking players than Lawbreakers did. Yep, Brink. Like, who the fuck remembers Blink? I don't even remember what Brink is anymore. It's not a good I, game. I, I remember. I was I was so hyped for that game. Drew, Drew, was, wow. Drew was hype. He had, like, a T-shirt and a baseball cap on or something. And he was like, yeah, Brink. I a picture, you fuck. <laughs> Are you <laughs> serious? <laughs> I got I, my My roommate worked at GameStop, so he gave me all his shirts and shit <laughs> like that. And so I was just wearing it, and I wore it to a... Uh, Modern Warfare uh, release, or Modern Warfare 2 release, and uh, somebody took a picture of me holding Modern Warfare 2 with a Brink shirt on, and Ken constantly fucking reminded me of that <laughs> on Facebook. We all know that you still have that Oh, that is so funny. I still own the shirt. Yeah. Yes, I still own the shirt. Hey, man, a t-shirt, a t-shirt is a t-shirt, okay? I'm, I'm down with that. Just wear it at home. Just don't wear it outside. Yeah, he he wears it in public, and everybody who walks past, he's like, "I beat Dark Souls." Man. Oh yeah, I need to get a shirt that just says that. It just says I beat. You I'm need sure, that. Sure there there is a shirt. You need that. that picture of you with the beer from the wedding that I made that says I, I I'm better than you because I beat Dark Souls. <laughs> I'm looking up if there's a T-shirt that says I beat Dark Souls. <laughs> All right, let's do emails while you're doing that. We got a few from somebody named Michael. Uh, his first email says, quotable quotes. Uh, this is apparently something we said on the show. It says, hey, 12 years ago, I was 25 years old. That was a different time in my life, Kay. I don't know who said that. He said, I don't know what it is about that statement, but I chuckled for quite a while. Um, I'm trying to remember what the statement is. That can't be me, because 12 years ago, I was not. Oh, that's Ken. It had to be that, Ken. It's got to be me. Yeah. I, I don't remember that. I don't remember every time I'm funny. Yeah. Neither do we. I I can try to get snarky, but you know. Oh come so on! I, that's why I threw it out me. there. I can Excuse get I can me. get really snarky because I remember going back. I can't remember what episode it was, but it was right before the Connect came out, and uh, there was a news story Kim was reading about saying um, that the Connect won't uh, recognize sign language, and then Ken said. Well, no shit. How are you supposed to play it if you can't see? And then Ryan said, sign language is for the deaf, not the blind, idiot. 
Oh man, I love I love those kind of things. They're the best. If you can't uh, laugh at yeah, yourself, that... who can you laugh at? Exactly. You have no right to laugh at anybody else if you can't laugh at yourself. Exactly. Uh, Michael also says cat lateral damage VR. Hey Wombat, who's not here? Unfortunately, he is sick this week. Uh, cat lateral damage is also available for PSVR. My nine-year-old loves my my nine-year-old that loves cats will play in that for as long as we will let him, and it's not as much of a stomach turner as you would think it would be. Hmm. I didn't know they bothered to make cat lateral damage in VR. <laughs> no. If we ever get a code for that, I'm not doing it. Oh, you're totally doing it. <laughs> I'm the only one with PSVR. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you have no choice. Don't you fucking dare request one. <laughs> I think I need to send an email real quick. Hold no, on. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. just real quick. Real quick. Uh, he also sent another email. Says Console Wars. Hey guys, you wanted uh, you wanted to tell you about this awesome book that I'm reading right now. It's called Console Wars. I'm at work right now, so I'm not sure of the author, but look it up. It's about the Nintendo versus Sega battle in the 80s and 90s. It's really amazing. When you read it, you can see uh, why a lot of the decisions today are made by PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo. There's a lot of history to it, and it goes way back. I definitely recommend you check it out. On the back of the book, it says a documentary is coming out and a full-length motion picture, so you probably can wait for that, but I recommend jumping oh, on the cool. book ASAP. Actually, I knew about the movie. It's being public, er, produced by Seth Rogen, I think. Yep. Yeah, oh, well. yes, yes, yes. I forgot he was doing something with that sort of thing. Um, and then one last email from Michael. This is apparently because we weren't on last week. He says, hello. Hey, where are you fuckers at? Ugh, now. <laughs> Ugh, now I have to listen to Kind of Funny, minus the smart guy, interview that douche nozzle Ryan McCaffrey from IGN pretend to know anything about what regular gamers want. No, I miss you. Come back to us. Help me in 4G Radio. You're my only hope. For real, though, I hope you all had a great holiday weekend. We'll see you next week. There you okay. Go. I don't... I don't... I, I, ironically, I don't find kind of funny. Kind of funny, so... I know, it's an ironic name, right? Uh-huh. I don't... I actually don't listen to any other... Actually, no, I listen to Easy Allies podcasts sometimes, but not regularly. Do you guys oh, listen I to any podcasts? Easy, easy I, I Allies do. every time. I, what do you listen to? I, I still listen to the the Bombcast and the Beastcast. Oh, Bombcast is the one that's like six hours, isn't it? Eh, it's not uh, six. It's nah, usually it's two, two and a half. Yeah. Okay, that's not that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I have stopped listening to pretty much every podcast there is. I mean, to be honest with you, I kind of got sick of Giant Bomb. Um, just, you know, Ken knows how I feel, but... It seems like most of those guys don't like playing video games anymore. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that. A lot of times from listening to it, and I don't know, I, I've never been a big fan of, of kind of funny. No, um, no. The, the, a lot of them come off as smug, and I, I don't know. It just, it just seems like there's a lot of smugness in this industry now, especially now that it's become mainstream. And I don't want to sound like, uh, you know, the Final Fantasy guy. You know, we will make you and we can bring him. Giant but, um, Bomb is a traitor. Giant Bomb is a traitor. No, I, I don't know. I used to listen to a ton of podcasts. And, well, now I can't really do it because it worked and stuff like that. But, um, it stopped I, being I, I, about, I, it stopped being about enthusiasm. Yeah. That's, that's my that's biggest why I like problem. easy. That's why I like easy allies is because those guys are super enthusiastic about the game industry. 
and games. I mean, like Michael Huber always hyped up uh, for everything. And again, I, I listen to the, both uh, the Giant Bombs, uh, but Easy Allies is the one that I enjoyed the most. Those, those are the X trailer game trailers, guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Good, I even I'm a Patreon, so I, I actually, I, 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 that's the only Patreon I actually subscribe to is theirs. Oh, that's cool. Because um, I was absolutely good, because those guys at Game Trailers done wonderful things, and, and when they all got laid off, because, you know, that's how the industry is now, I was more than happy to, to That's just a good story in general, you know? They all had these, like, you know, these paycheck jobs. They're kind of... Wrestling with a lot of red tape, let's say, right? Because when you're in the industry, you have to do things a lot of ways. And when GameStop, um, game trailers got bought by like Viacom or some shit, and no, it was uh, it wasn't Viacom, but it was one of those those companies. Yeah, one of those companies. Yeah. And it it always makes those kind of things worse, right? Eventually, ending to the point where they got um, they get they got they all got laid off basically and to actually find uh kind of refine their own audience and try to start growing from that i think that's just a good success story in general i like i love yeah, seeing absolutely. that kind of stuff yeah i i used to love game trailers their retrospectives were so fucking uh, good yeah they're, they're, they're they did, best content yeah they did retrospectives on like castlevania and metal gear their metal gear retrospective is fucking fantastic their new one is dark souls Oh, they did a Dark Souls one? They're doing I think they're Dark doing Souls one. This yeah. month, I think, or next month, yeah. They did a Dark Souls okay. and they didn't call Drew? <laughs> I know. You gotta get the egg. I mean, if you're not getting the effort, you know, authority of all things Dark Souls, I mean, what's the point of even making such a documentary? Exactly. 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 God damn. All right. But yeah, no, I don't listen to any podcasts anymore. It's kind of okay. sad. Yeah, I, I, my podcast listening time has been mostly transitioned into watching Game Grumps while I'm at work. <laughs> oh, we're seeing them. They're coming to the UK. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're doing a UK tour. In... I saw that. Yep, October fifteenth. So uh, Laura is super, super stoked. Now those they... guys are not kind of funny. They're very funny. <laughs> do yeah. they do like performances, or is it just like a, like a panel? They do their do they, they do their show. Imagine. They do their show actually live in front of an audience. So like they're playing a game and they just yeah they do talk? if you've ever watched their show they they both do like formal um, improv training mm-hmm. so yeah. they actually do like bits oh, while they're doing okay. their show so it's it's really fun stuff like I really like both of those guys they're very funny I don't know if you've ever seen watched any of their stuff Jay watch like the first probably ten episodes of them playing Bloodborne yeah that's some of the it's funny <laughs> shit. Bloodborne. The Bloodborne playthrough is amazing. I mean, it's super long because obviously it's Bloodborne, but mm-hmm. it's it's really good. So. It's really good, and, mo- and most of the stuff they do has nothing to do with the game. It's just them talking about their everyday lives. Yep. And yeah, they fucking eat the poo poo and <laughs> eat the poo poo. You see, it's oh, the sickness oh you guy. see. Yeah, yeah, you need you need to you need to watch that seriously. Like when you get a chance, watch them play like the first ten episodes of. Okay. Life. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I'll keep it in mind. Yeah, if you if you want a one off, watch uh, Super Tennis. Super Tennis is one oh, of the best. Oh, the racist basis, yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> and then playing that fucking oceans game that underwater. Oh, where they're thing. doing the voices for the characters. The voices. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me about my dead son. Yeah, I love to lament. 
There's also a Butterfinger on the table. Don't eat it, it's mine. That's <laughs> so fucking good. These guys are fucking stupid as hell. Oh, man. Love those guys. Uh, a couple more emails. This one comes from Antonio. It says, everybody's golf is such a great game. Not to mention, I now know how golf is scored and played. Uh, I should be joining the ZTGD clan towards the end of the month when I get Destiny 2, so I'm looking forward to that. I was curious about the next Need for Speed game, so I played Need for Speed Reboot that came out a couple years back. Between the always Whoops. online component and the horrendous starting load times and the monster energy drink-fueled fist bumps, that game can go suck a big one. That series mm-hmm. has been around for two decades, but don't know how much longer that series can hang on. Well, the new one looks cool. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Next email comes from Sam, and it's entitled Drew's Favorite Word in 3, 2, 1. Persona 5 just has so much damn charm. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. After about, after, at about the 60-hour mark, I feel like I need a break. I want to get the satisfaction of completion, which is drawing me toward other shorter games. Should I take a break from Persona 5, run through a shorter game or two, and come back in a few weeks? Or should I stick it out to the end now that I'm, I'm so deep already? Stick you, out. You gotta it's stick well it out, man. It. Don't. It's well worth it. It's, it's not even the obvious fact that it's well worth it, just like John said. Yeah, it's one of the best games of the year, sure. But when you quit playing an RPG like that in the middle, yeah. and then you go to something else, it's so difficult to get back into it. Uh, all the things that you're doing, progressing your social links that you're keeping track of in your mind, you're going to forget. You're going to forget some of the combat elements and things that you're doing, like the tricks. Uh, so, like, don't. Don't like. I know. I understand that it's a very long game, but just kind of play at your pace. Just play it, you know, every few days or whatever. But um, yeah, stick with it until you're finished. It's worth it. Uh, second part of his email says, "I'm not the only one obsessing over God of War, right? I think Christopher Judge is the new perfect voice for Kratos. I'm watching every interview and trailer breakdown I can. I'm just so stoked. In search of more God of War info, I stumbled across the PlayStation Blogcast where they interviewed Corey Barlog in their latest episode." He goes into great detail about the runes they are using and how they are translating them. I find it very fascinating. There was so much research and detail put into it. I had no idea there's a shameless plug if anyone is interested. I love dev interviews. I've been listening to you guys a decade, and that's my first plug. Damn it. P.S. What if Sony brings back the Spider-Man fought console, but on PS4 this time with the release of the new game? Ooh, that'd be be a pretty nice... uh... Like a bundle package with a Spider-Man font on the on the PS4 console itself. That'd be pretty nice, actually. You know, there'll be a <clears throat> there will definitely be a Spider-Man bundle, but it'll probably just have the Spider-Man logo on it. Probably, but as far as the God of War things, when I'm sold in the game, I actively stay away from all content based on that game. Like when I know for a hundred percent sure that I'm going to be playing that game. On launch or maybe you know shortly after, I try to just get get away from it as much as I can, so that I can go into it fresh without knowing anything. Uh, that's how I feel about God of War. After the big uh, E3 thing that they did, I'd be like, yeah, I'm playing that 100. percent So you'll see every, another, every other trailer, just you'll see another trailer in December when you watch PS. Uh, what, what's PS, it called? Uh, PSX. Yeah, PSX. Yeah, probably. I mean, those big trailers, but like interviews, like in depth, like trailer breakdowns and things of that nature. Uh, they can be interesting, sure, but I don't want to know too much. 
before going in, if I can help it. Oh, for sure. Um, now onto the Twitter. Tate writes in and says, "Shout out to John's beard. That thing is pretty sweet." Thank you. Hey. <clears throat> Here's something that I forgot to talk about. Uh, Mookie tweeted at us and said that all that happened. Hashtag newlyweds. Mookie, your wedding is freaking ridiculous, man. <laughs> if any oh of you, God. if I any watched, of you are friends with I him on that movie trailer, yeah, the movie trailer. Like, are you kidding me? That, that was crazy. That wedding was like something you'd see. Oh my god! It's it's it like was, a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was immaculate. The, the the stuff going on in that. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Nice. Very cool. Uh, but congratulations, sir. Hope you had a good honeymoon. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nivek says, it seems like my gaming Christmas is delayed. God of War, Spider-Man, and Red Dead all next year. There's COD and Gran Turismo, though. Hey, dude, like, if you're if you're struggling about games to play, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish... Uh, yeah, I, I, I... Maybe you just don't like uh, as many genres as me, because I like too many genres, perhaps. But, uh, boy, is there just so many cute games coming out every month till the end of this year. I, I, uh, I highly suggest checking out Destiny 2. I know, I know that's a, that may not be up your alley, but... Man, I, I'm going to play as much Destiny 2 as I can before October, because October, fuck you. Oh, my God. October is, is the, the fucking nuclear bomb of game releases. Oh, my God. And it's all in the span of, like, two weeks. It's so yep. ridiculous. Justin writes in and says, Thoughts on a Batman Beyond feature film set in the Tim Burton universe with Michael Keaton as old Bruce Wayne. Such a great actor. Oh my god, that would be a beautiful movie. That would be pretty cool, although That'd we can awesome. go with the Tim Burton shit. We could, but man, you can't deny how good that first Batman movie was. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. but It's, it's classic, but I don't know. I don't know what style of Batman I would want. I honestly... I like Christopher Nolan's take on it, but I don't know. I don't think anybody's actually hit real Batman yet. No, really? somebody always hits one or the other. Somebody hits a good Bruce or somebody hits a good Batman. Yeah. Michael Keaton was both. Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton was, was pretty good as both. both. He he really yeah. was. Yeah. I didn't I think he did a good Bruce Wayne, but I, I didn't like his Batman as much. What what do you think about um Christian Bale's Batman. Did he hit uh, Bruce better or Batman better? Bruce. Bruce, Bruce. Bruce was better. Yeah. Yeah. His Batman was not good. His Batman, I mean, you can't go away from the fucking voice. That, uh, like, why did you do that? I, you know, I, I, I was one of the people that questioned it when they cast it, but I think Affleck's Batman is incredible. Oh, he's he does very good. good yeah. I think he did a great job. I, I really do. Yeah. I'll tell you this, though. It's crazy because, you know, we've always said somebody can't nail Bruce Wayne and Batman at the same time. I'll tell you somebody who can. Fucking Kevin Conroy. That dude, like, I don't know what he does to his voice, but there are distinct differences between Batman and Bruce Wayne when he plays him. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know how he does it, but he does it so fucking well. He's just one of those people who has a magical voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. True, true professional. He's yeah. done so many different roles too, but obviously Batman being his most iconic. Speaking of which, did anybody see Batman and Harley Quinn? I did. That movie is not what I expected it at all. <laughs> what, what is it? It's a comedy. It's a comedy, yeah. And really? It's, and it's really good. 
I disagree. Oh well, your opinion don't matter. Yeah, you know, it's, obviously, it's, I'm just not. I'm just not good at Batman and animated series. I think it's great. Movies. I think you should watch it, Drew. I really do. I I really enjoyed it. Okay, I'm, I'm, I might give it a shot. It it has a few funny moments, but other than that, I thought it was pretty trashy. But that's uh, that's, that's what I. Uh, Dustin sent us a bunch of tweets. Uh, right. His first one says, "What's your take on the Secret of Mana remake graphical style? I hated it at first. Thought it was uh, chibi, but seeing more, I'm coming around." Uh, I haven't really seen it too much in action, so I can't comment exactly. But I am still pretty excited that they're doing a remake of Secret of Mana of all games. That's pretty. That's pretty out there. I haven't seen it, and I don't have reference for it. I, yeah, I, I didn't play the play, the game. Yeah, I didn't play Secret time. of Mana very much, so. Uh, his next one says, so Fire Emblem Warriors releases a week before Mario, and I find this poor timing. Um, well, that's October for you, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> October for you, pretty much. Yeah, that's, it, that's... I, I do think it's a mistake not to push Fire Emblem to maybe December, when there's not as much crowding, because that game is <sighs> very, that game is very specific, you know? It is, it is. Um... I played the Dissidia beta, and that game is still a clusterfuck of a game. <laughs> I never really liked those Dissidia games, to be honest. I, I like some of the ideas, you know, the fact that these, like, sprite-based characters are now being seen in 3D models. I think that's fascinating. And the music and stuff like that. But the actual gameplay of it, I never really enjoyed. So, yeah, yeah I, I got a beta code. I tried to redeem it. It didn't work. And then I never went back to try to redeem it later. <laughs> <laughs> Did we ever get like a beta code uh, or invite for the Dragon Ball Z Fighters thing, Ken? No, I haven't seen anything. Uh, I know uh, it's on it, my dashboard on my Xbox that says it's coming, but I haven't seen it. If you see anything uh, for like PS4. No, no, PC, I'll, I'll, I'll let know. you guys know, I, but yeah. I haven't seen anything. Um, he says, I'm kind of let down that Ken never finished ReCore. That final area wasn't that tough, and you've had a chance to check, and have you had a chance to check out the new bot? Um,. I'm disappointed I didn't finish it either. Uh, it was hard, but that wasn't my biggest hang-up. My biggest hang-up was the fact that each level of that tower required you to have a certain amount of those uh, the cores, and I didn't have enough, so I'd had to keep going out and grinding, and I just it, I ran out of gas at that point. Uh, I have gone back and played the new bot. I did I did that mission, uh, and I also noticed that it's giving me a lot more cores now. So I'm thinking when I get some time, I'm actually going to play through and, and finally finish up that game. Because I, I do enjoy it. Um, it had a lot of issues, but I'm willing to go back into it. Not to mention it looks really good in HDR. Uh, I'll probably go back to it after it gets its X patch so that it's in 4K. I'd like to see that. Uh, he says, so Scott Stapp played a show in my town. And with the lack of any ZTGD swag, I had him autograph the next best thing. My Samsung TV. <laughs> Did he really? I don't know. Because <laughs> that'd be pretty amazing if it was. Yeah, I'd, I'd want a picture of that TV. The logistics yeah. behind it is a bit. It, it, and the, the autograph just needs to say, What if? Scott Stapp. There you go. <laughs> uh, he says, Mario and Rabbids is really good. I'm enjoying that game, and it's challenging a lot. Uh, he says, I got roped into playing Stormblood and picked up the Red Mage. That job is fun to play uh, as such a great MMO. It is. I, I, like I said, I bought a month a while back, and I really wanted to get back into it. And again, just realizing I don't have time 
to play that beautiful game anymore as much as I want to. Uh, it's amazing the differences between Marvel Heroes and Path of Exile on how to do free-to-play and what not to do. Path of Exile is very well done. I've played a lot of Path of Exile. Um, I like it. I, f- I find it overwhelming right now. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's And some things are hard for me to follow. Um... Your inventory fills up very fast, but apparently you can expand your inventory, but I can't seem to find my way around to do that. <laughs> so You um, probably need real money. Well I have some. Uh they, they sent a code for that twenty dollar pack. Mm-hmm. But I just uh, can't figure out where to purchase stuff and then like socketing gems in and out of items feels really clunky. Um I don't know. It's it's when I'm playing the game it's really good. Like when I'm just walking around killing, looting and doing that stuff, it feels really good. But when I get into the menus, I get really overwhelmed, especially since the game doesn't pause when you go into your inventory. So a lot of times I'll go into my inventory and start trying to mess with stuff and then I'll be getting attacked. So But no, I I like that game and I think it's good. I wish I had time to spend more time with it. Mm. Uh, finally, is anyone reviewing Divinity 2? No. I thought Justin was? Not Divinity 2. He did um, Pillars of Eternity. Pillars of Eternity, yeah. Yes. Uh, I know Divinity 2 supposed... Well, Divinity in general is supposed to be good. And 2 is supposed to be even better, so... But, uh, um, we, need to, we need to specify this is Original Sin. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah very true. Um... I don't know. I don't think. Does anyone really have another like space? Because there's we have a finite amount of space and time to actually play these games. So whenever, like, I still haven't even booted up One Piece. Like after <laughs> maybe Metroid today, like I'll, I'll boot it up for the first time. But I'm gonna review that game eventually. I just don't know when. So taking up another thing that I don't really really want you know, right away. Well, is Divinity like is a, also a thing. massive game. It is, yeah, that's fucking huge. Just like Pillars of Eternity, and it's, it's the a, original sin is fucking fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it's got to be your kind of game. You got to know that that's what you want going into it. But if that's what you want, that's probably one of the best you can get in that genre. Yeah, I just there's no way I'm doing it. Um, but uh, nobody's asked I don't about think it. I've done. I think I dabbled with the first one. I can't really remember too much about it. Then you definitely didn't play it because <laughs> you couldn't forget those hundreds of hours you spent in that game. <laughs> no, it's like, I, I think I fired it up. Um, I can't remember. Was is it like a, a isometric lot? Like yeah, Diablo it's an isometric like, turn-based kind of. Yeah. It's basically Baldur's Gate. Yeah. I, th- I never played that, so... It's Baldur's oh, Gate no, not it's... on the PS2. Because <laughs> Baldur's yeah, Gate yeah, on the it's... PS2 was an action game, so... Well, you're thinking about Dark Alliance. Yeah, 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 that Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. That's... Baldur's Gate uh, was originally a Bioware RPG. Oh, I, I know. I know what Baldur's Gate was on PC, but... Or maybe, of, or maybe Icewind Dale, if you want to call it. <laughs> you know, one of the old school Dungeons and Dragons games. Yep. And it's it's massive. It's it's huge. It's long, and it's you know, it, one of the cool things about Original Sin was that you can role play. You you have two characters, your main characters, and you can actually role play each character. 
So when you get into a, a dialogue, you can have one character say this and the other character say something different. You can literally have arguments with yourself with your characters. <laughs> Why would you it's do actually, that? It, but it's fucking cool. It's just oh, the okay. fact that you can do it is actually really cool. So you can have one character who plays like a, a rogue asshole and then one character who's like a goody two-shoes. And, you know, it, it plays out differently depending on, you know, what everybody chooses. <laughs> Uh, but that's it for the tweets. If you want to tweet at us, it's at N4G Podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, Drew is at DML Fury, John is at John WUK, and Jay is at Botterside Jay. You can follow me in the site at ZTGD. Also, you want to shoot us an email? Send them to podcasts at ZTGD.com. We will read them on the air and we will discuss them. Uh, also, check out Phoenix Down in the, in the midst of Bowser's Insides. Right now, yes, we should be finishing that up this week. Yep. And and then the next game you will cover is it's going to be Danganronpa V three. Oh yeah, brand spanking new game. We're gonna we're gonna pick it up on launch day and start playing it and talk about it. Right. I'm gonna write so many pages of notes. It's gonna be stupid. <laughs> you said you weren't doing notes. Well, I thought about it. And I think I have to if I'm gonna do the podcast. Oh god, there we go. It's, it's necessary, man. You're gonna be inquisiting me on like, are they all dead again, Drew? Well, no, no, no. What we're gonna do is like, obviously, um, we're gonna have to play it in a way where I'm gonna have the information earlier, right? Because I'm reviewing it. Uh, so I'm gonna have beaten the game, and you guys are gonna be progressing. So I'm gonna play the role of the moderator again, where I'm gonna be asking you guys questions to guess to try to kind of. Ch- Try to say where the things are going, your favorite characters and that like, and then go week from week after we do the cases and see uh, how things line up. Because I think that's the that's the most fun, right? Trying to trying to figure out where things are going before they actually come. I think that's one of the the most entertaining aspects of uh, not only playing the game but also as listeners too. Because you want to you want to play along and you want to see where that goes. So looking forward to that. But it's going to be a lot of work, as, as, as I know. Yeah. Picking, play it. picking the perfect time to do it right in the midst of October, right? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Fuck me, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. God damn it, Drew. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it's become a point where I was thinking of emailing Matt and saying, hey, can we just postpone Phoenix down until, like, December? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, this is your podcast. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, you can. It's true. You can totally do whatever I enjoy you want. doing Phoenix down, and it yeah. helps me finish games. So That's true. And That's I know a- you and uh, Matt do actually want to play Danganronpa V3. So, and I know um, we have a couple people that are really excited to play along. So, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right. But that's uh, that's it for this week. Uh, this is kind of the beginning of the shows that will go on very long because you know there's a whole lot of games out there. There is. So but, uh, we are we are less than two months away from a hardware launch, and we are now in the midst of all of the big games up the fall which is crazy October is coming soon yep to, maybe to Christmas a, yeah uh, yeah Christmas games. is coming thanks thanks for that Santa Claus you're welcome yeah he's got the beard oh, yeah, well, so well, well. he does have the beard he, he definitely Do you, are you gonna dress up as Santa Claus this year <laughs> John? no why so, wouldn't you you should dye his beard white I? cause you got a beard like Santa Claus that's why I thought that was the whole purpose of growing a beard that big what else are you going to use it for? As, as a face-warming utility? 
I mean, covering your face is a good thing. You know, you're that's a that's a public service for everyone. But still, like, you should have some use out of it for yourself, selfishly. You know, he's just mad because he can't cover his face, John. Okay. I I, yeah. I could try, but I would fail. <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Asian people in beer zone generally go together too well. Uh, it doesn't work. Oh man! All right. Well, that that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, lots of goodies, and of course, I'll be in a hurry to get out of every Sunday show because you know football's back. So there you go. Yeah, football is back starting yes. today. That's right. It's well, going not starting on. today, but yeah. yeah, it's going on right now. I need to get out of here. It's, there's game. Right. I got to go watch them. Fuck out. Alrighty. And it goes something like this. Welcome to the N4G Podcast.